across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. For those about to talk, we salute you. Talk Radio. Goodness gracious me. Busy show this evening. Um, tonight, your calls on anything, of course. Uh, we're also going to be raising awareness about spontaneous human combustion. And we've got someone uh, from Soot on, who, of course, Britain's uh, leading uh, charity on that. All of that and more coming up after the news at 10. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. See, then it goes then it goes into uh, an episode, I think. I mean, that doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't sound right to me, yet all the evidence is pointing to the Mandela effect. Spooky, huh? Tonight's show is going to be a busy one. Um, we're going to, uh, later on, we're going to play you an interview that we did ages and ages ago when we didn't have any listeners that you might not have heard with John Ronson, so that's exciting. Um, also after 11, we're going to be talking to David Franks from Soot, the Society of Osmo- Osmotic Thermalization. Uh, what's osmotic thermalization? Well, it's spontaneous human combustion. The reason we're talking about it, because I've got all these unexplained mags. If you're watching on Periscope, periscope.tv forward slash Ian Lee. And um, as soon as I mentioned I had them all, everyone went, oh, Oh, spontaneous human combustion. And I've worked out why everyone said that, because it's in issue one. The only issue you guys bought, you sad sacks. And I was reading it, and I thought, there we go, there's a picture of uh, a body there on Periscope. Um, And I was reading it, and I thought, well, you know, um, maybe we should have a little look into this kind of thing so if you've got any stories of spontaneous human combustion and can we take it seriously please because um people have died because of this you know people have lost mums and and nans and children and stuff because of shc so um, i mentioned this on twitter and loads of you were getting all oh it's not real well you explain that you explain how i'm looking at a picture of um two legs and a foot a bit of dress. You explain that. Um, it is real. It's, um, uh, the, it's reaching epidemic proportions in some parts of the world. And it's probably the last great taboo when it comes to people's health. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be after 11. If you have a story, though, about spontaneous human combustion, 0844 499 1000 is the telephone number. And that's the number to call us about anything you want, really. Absolutely anything you want. It's that kind of show, guys, where you can call in about anything. Jamie's called in. Let's see what Jamie's called in for. Jamie, what have you called in for? 
Hello, mate. Um, I suggested the Jinx to you earlier. I saw you were watching it. Oh, yes. The Jinx. The uh, life... Hang on a minute. Let me just... Uh, for those who don't know what it is... Um, Did you watch is... it all? Hang on a minute. This is what it sounds like. Oh, no, that's the beginning of it. Wow, it's reset itself. No, I'm on episode four. The Jinx, the life and deaths of Robert Durst, right? It's a TV series from America, from the HBO. You can watch it online. And um, he is a billionaire um, who... So don't give me any spoilers, Jamie. I was going to say to not even mention... To not, to not talk about any of it. Yeah, yeah, well, well, okay, well, we can say that he, um, he's linked... Well, well, we can say that he's he's been linked with a couple of disappearances and a murder, because um, the murder's like, boom, straight in episode one. Um, and that doesn't give away, I don't think, too much. But You've got it, two brilliant episodes to come. Whoa, it's, good, it's six episodes long, isn't it? Yeah. But the, the, the thing is, the, the, the website I'm watching it on, which is legitimate... Um, it has little. It has other videos next to it that I might be interested in, and they kind of give away what happened after the series went out on air. That's the, yeah, I mean yeah. that's the the that's, big bit. That's the. It'll, that's, still good. It'll be still be good though. It is. It is bloody excellent. It's similar. It's like a cross between um, the How to Catch a Murderer. Was it Who Made a Murderer on Netflix and Foxcatcher? I've not heard of Foxcatcher. Whoa, then, Jamie, my gift <laughs> to you, my reciprocating gift to you, as you gave me the life and deaths of Robert Durst, I give to you, sir, Fox... Fox ooh, steady. Steady. <laughs> steady. Foxcatcher. Um, not the movie starring Steve Carell, even though that's quite entertaining, but the documentary. It's a, it's a, it's a documentary movie that you can get. So watch that. Right, yeah. And okay, you'll I'll notice, you you will notice um, almost immediately uh, similarities between Robert Durst and, um, I can't remember the name of the guy from Foxcatcher. Um, it's a French-sounding name. Anyway, the similarities between uh, between the two of them. All right, nice one, man. Nice one. It's, it's, it's my gift to you, Jamie. I hope you Thank enjoy. You Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. Well, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, I appreciate that. It's, it's a cracking documentary. Uh, what's the name in, in Foxcatcher? Not Duval. Is it Duval? Is it Duval? We had, um, uh, well, if you're watching on Periscope, welcome. You ha- I haven't got the headphones on. Um, let me play, let me play 30 seconds of headphone music. Hang on a second. Oh, here we go. Singing, we're glad to be gay. Singing, we're happy this way. Hi. Singing, you're glad to be gay. Your heart this way. Hey, perfect length of time to get round there, put the headphones on the telephone, Bishy Bashy Boshy, there's a game. Who remembers Bishy Bashy? Was it called Bishy Bashy Boshy? It may have just, it was just called Bishy Bashy. Um, and um, it was also, I think it also had a name, Double Bubble, didn't it? Where it was two of you playing, and it was, you. Uh, oh, I don't know what it was. Go and look, go and look it up yourselves. Jesus. Anyway, so uh, if you're watching on Periscope, welcome. And we started off with like hundreds of people watching on um, Periscope. And the reason is, I may have slightly mislabeled it when I said spontaneous human combustion live. That might have... Why has... And I don't want to give ideas to the terrorists, but really, they need to up their game a bit, don't they? 
if they want to get the, the public on their side, they really need to start um, using modern technology. And it's, why haven't they done? And I'm, I'm not making light of this. It sounds like I'm making light. I've gone, I'm doing it in my making light voice. This is a genuine question, right? Why haven't ISIS um, done an attack on Periscope? I don't mean hacked into Periscope like they did. Do you remember? It was about two, two years ago. And it was ISIS, or it may have been Al-Qaeda. I don't, I can't remember which one. Um, uh, and they said, um, right, you have to, I won't do the voice, for obvious reasons. They said, the, the way to beat the decadent West is to hack into their computers and their infrastructure. It was ISIS. And I, oh, the ISIS people went, oh, right, yeah, 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 we'll hack into their computers and their infrastructure. Now, what they meant, of course, was, like, the government and um, the things... Um, uh, Hive, you know Hive, the thing from British Gas that controls, like, your heating and stuff like that? They meant that. But what ISIS did was they hacked into um, a bus timetable for Devon. It was a Devon bus timetable. And I think they also hacked into a website for um, renting farms, like, for, for holidays. <laughs> What the hell are you guys doing? They need a head of IT. ISIS IT. Um, but it, it does surprise me that they've not done something, one of their horrific, horrific attacks, and streamed it on Periscope. Here's a question for you, right? This is a genuine question. 0844-499-1000, right? You're surfing Periscope, right? Looking for something to watch that night, right? It pops up. Oh, ISIS are doing a live attack, um, let's say in America, okay? Now, here's genuine question, genuine, genuine question. Would you watch it? I suspect that a significant number of people would. I think the people, you saw, oh, ISIS doing an attack in um, Nebraska. That's in America, isn't it, Nebraska? Click on and click on that. Oh. Oh, oh, that is... I think people would. Because we're, we're weird like that, aren't we? We're very weird like that. Let's go to um, Kevin. Good evening, Kevin. Hello there. Hip, 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 Kev. What you got for us, boss? Uh, I've got a story about uh, human combustion. Oh, was it spontaneous? No. <laughs> no, but it, um, it does share a lot of the... Um, I mean, I remember that page from that magazine you tweeted as well. Yep. Um, I remember being scared myself as a kid of uh, suddenly bursting into flames. And it's stuff. terrifying. I'm not going to. Someone. I'm not going to retweet that image because someone wants. But it is. Um, it is terrifying. And the thing is, it gets treated as a joke. Oh, it's a. Oh, it's that thing from the 80s and stuff. Oh, it's. And people are trying to. People say, oh, it can be explained scientifically. You explain to me how someone can burn to ash, but yet their legs. And their extremities and a bit of their dress don't burn. Well, Explain that. That actually kind of happened to my wife's uncle. Wow. Except the, the, we got to take away the spontaneous bit. Which yeah. Mean that's, but it wasn't just a house fire. So we are, the similarities are we've got, um, uh, he, he did burn at like incredibly intense heat. Right. And like the photos, yeah. the surrounding area was left untouched, sort of thing. Mm. Um, and there was only a little bit of left of him remaining. Well, hang on a second. This is so, so um, we, we've got a spokesman on from Soot later on. Have you spoken to anyone at Soot about this? 
No, my wife's done a bit more research into it. I mean, she spoke to quite a lot of people. Apparently, this is still incredibly rare. What? So what? Can may I ask what happened? And thank you for yeah. taking it seriously. And shame on everybody on Twitter who's, who's having a good... Oh, lol, ruffle and all of that stuff. Shame on you. Go on. Okay. Um, well, he lived by himself, and he was an engineer that may have been... Uh, he was sat next to a gas fire. Yeah. And which was the source of the, the ignition sort of thing. Yeah. Um... Uh, specu- uh, speculation, there may have been like some fuel on his clothes or something that made him ignite sort of thing. Yeah. But then there's a thing that comes into play, which is, um, I know this is where I don't know too much about it, and I, but it's called the wick effect. The wick effect. Yeah. Which is, uh, basically, he is the fuel and he burns like a candle yeah. and he burns himself out sort of thing at incredibly high temperatures, much, much higher than so, a normal house so fire. So what happened, to, it was, your, was it your uncle or your wife's uncle? It was my wife's your uncle, wife's, yeah. So what happened to your wife's uncle, right? was a tragic, tragic accident. I mean, uh, uh, just an horrific, horrific accident. Yep. Um, but that can't explain when it happens spontaneously. That's the thing, no, isn't it? No, th- that's the question, I think, is, and it's never really been answered, if no. that definitely does happen, or yeah. if there is always a source. Yep. But there are still very rare uh, things that happen here. They, I mean, they speculate that there's like a build-up of gases inside and he was quite a large man. Possibly the fat acts as like a fuel. Yeah, but it's certainly nothing. It's nothing like a normal house fire. And it, I mean, the official verdict was um, human combustion. As I say, the, the rest of the house was untouched except wow. for covered, covered with um, ash and stuff, sort of thing. But nothing else burnt. Well, isn't that interesting? Well, we're going to be speaking to um, David Franks from the Society of Osmotic Thermalisation later on. Slightly different to your case, because that was he was sat next to a fire, and it was a tragic accident and um, mm. horrific. But when it happened spontaneously, boy, oh boy. Alan, if ISIS were streaming and horrific... This is a genuine question, right? An horrific attack, would you watch it? Um, no, I don't think I would. If you didn't but, know, but if then it, I, I don't like watching any of that sort of stuff. If, you know, I uh, don't. I don't like watching that real stuff. I don't like it when they put in the papers pictures of, of bodies and stuff like that. I don't. I don't like. I, someone when I was at the BBC, someone was watching one of those um, beheading videos, and I got I got quite angry because I yeah. had to walk past his computer and I could see the fella in the orange jumpsuit kneeling there. I went, "Oh come on, man! You can't watch that in an open office." No, you know, I, you got. No. If, if you're going to show that, then it's got. You know, if you're going to watch that, go and watch it in a cupboard somewhere. It's like someone coming up to you with a the phone. Oh, look, you've got to see this. Watch this. You're like, yeah. no, no, man, I really no. don't want to watch that. The, thing, the clips that people show you on their phones are either um, uh, extreme pornography <laughs> or extreme violence. Yeah. Or their kids. I think that's a good, yeah, yeah it's good advice. Just don't watch don't, it. If don't, someone says watch this, yeah, don't. don't watch it. Kevin, thank you very much indeed. Uh, if someone says watch this, yeah, you've got to see this. The odds are you ain't got to see this. Yeah? Right, okay. 0844 499 1000. Alan, you'll be on after this. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and after On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0844 499 1000. Caddick! Hey, baby, uh, hey, 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 I've, uh, I've, uh, I've got some good news to relay to you tonight. Oh, what's this? You're not calling in anymore. Wrong, it's about my mum. Oh, she's going to start calling in. No, she's coming out of hospital on Wednesday. Yes! Hang on a minute, I've got some celebratory music. Don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. George, you're a fanny. No, don't go. No, George. Oh, with his head. No. No. Here we go. Really hot. 
Say, say it again, say it again. My mum's coming out of hospital on Wednesday. Let's hope she's not feeling as hot as somebody who's suffering from spontaneous human combustion would be feeling. I just realised how inappropriate that music is, considering what we're talking about tonight. tonight. wonder if anyone's spontaneously human combusted on Periscope. I wonder if anyone's actually had sex live on Periscope. I wonder if anyone has ever done anything interesting on Periscope. Mm, no, that's a topic. Periscope, 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 Periscope. No, no I, I, I just made a bit of a blunder there. Backing into that bus timetable. They did that. They they backed into into what table? A buffet no, table. No, no, the bus timetable. They hacked into oh, it. Oh yeah, they hacked into the bus time. Well, in, in fairness to ISIS, it did cause a little bit of confusion in Cornwall. So, um. I suppose that's that's better than going around with those belts and those vests, isn't it? Yeah. And also, I was watching a drama last night on the Terrestrial Channel. Oh, yeah. Our girl with Michelle Keegan. Hey, why not? All the other shows on here are a bit blokey and a bit bit laddish, especially um, mid-morning. So, Michelle Keegan. I don't know who she is. She played Tina in Carnation Street. Tina Hobley? No, Tina McIntyre. Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh. Well, she's married to Mark White from Towie, anyway. She's married to, to your wife from Towie? No, Mark White. The chef, Marco Pierre White, having a lot of bad luck recently. No. No? He is. Mark. He is. No. Yeah, no. he is. He is. I've read about it. His mate was at a sex party and got robbed. His son was um, has done something naughty. We don't know what. Um, he's, some of his restaurants are in a bit of trouble. And he wants to build another restaurant, and they found uh, skeletons there. What did Richard the first? Um, I think we found Richard the first and Richard the third. I don't think we have two, four, and five. No, that, no, hey, that would be interesting if it's not Richard the second. Here's a, here's a thing, Alan. Here's a thing, right? Who's your favourite classical composist? It has to be Mozart. Of course it is. Everyone's favourite. Um, everyone's favourite. He has got a brand new box set coming out, right? This mm-hmm. is true. This is true. 200 CDs, right? Yeah. So th- and it's supposed to be stunning. So we go to Amazon, right? And we, and I, for some reason, I was looking at this last night. It popped up in, in on my Twitter feed. For, I, I follow this... this um, website called The Second Disc, which is a great website, and they review, they, they're very kind about my record releases, so I kind of follow them. And this popped up in my thing, right? So, yeah. so I thought, oh, I'll have a look at this. So I went to Amazon, and I typed in Mozart Box, right? 200, you're not masturbating to this, are you, Alan? No. Because that would be really weird. No. So 200 CDs, right? Yeah. 300 pounds. Yeah. And 50 pence. Blimey. Blimey. Now, part of me's thinking, part of me's thinking, because I like box sets, right? And when I, if I get into a band or, or a composist, I don't just buy, like, their greatest hits. I buy everything. Buy everything, right? So part of me thought, ooh, that's actually, that's quite good. That works out at about one pound, one pound and a penny per CD. So I don't know. You do the maths. I'm not a mathematician. But then, right, then there's a Mozart Right, so this is called Mozart, the new complete edition, right? But then you go back two years to Mozart, the complete edition. Not the new complete edition, right? 
the 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 complete edition, right? Yeah. Now that's a C. That's got a hundred and seventy CDs. So if you bought Mozart the complete edition two years ago, one hundred and seventy CDs, you think, all right, that's it. I've got all. I've got all my Mozart. I bet people have only listened to two of those CDs, right? But they got. Well, I've got all the CDs. Then two years later, you're online. You go. Oh, bloody Mozart, the new complete edition. That's got an extra 30 CDs of Mozart's. Um, probably unreleased material. But here's the... Yeah, exactly. Like outtakes and demos and stuff. Maybe some live stuff. Yeah. I think there's a live DVD of him as well. Right. But so Mozart, the new complete edition, is £300.50. Yeah. Mozart, the complete edition, is £58.50. 73 pence. Blimey! So here's the thing, Alan. Would you buy Mozart, the new complete edition that's got 30 extra CDs of outtakes, demos and collaborations for £300.50? Or would you buy Mozart complete edition, 170 CDs, 30 CDs less, but it's also about £262 less, but you would know, you would know, even though you would never play any of the CDs, you would still know that there were 30 more CDs out there somewhere. What would you do, Alan? What would you do? What would you do? I would have go for two hundred CDs and give them as a Christmas present to yeah. someone. Hey, well that is very kind, mate. I look forward to receiving it, Alan. Um, well, Thank you. Um, well, I appreciate you know that. Know. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for Thanks for calling. Excellent. You heard that, guys. You heard that. That's actually genuinely. Something's happened to my screen, so I can't see my texts. I don't like my texts, but I do like having the screen in a very certain way. So we're going to close down phone box. That always works well. And then we're going to open phone box. No, we're not. Come on. Open. We're going to do it from down there. Phone box. Get in there, sunshine. Have it. Have it. Ian Lee. Have it. Large. Yeah, we got the messages back. Um, oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. It is. It's a tough question, isn't it? It's a tough question. Mozart, the new complete edition, three hundred pounds fifty pence. Uh, Mozart, the complete edition, but it's obviously it's not complete. It should be Mozart, the incomplete edition, fifty eight pounds seventy three. Used. That's probably that's a used one. Used. You know, no one's going to play it. I remember one of the, the the best things I ever got, and then I got rid of it. And now I wish I hadn't got rid of it. Was the Laurel and Hardy DVD box set. Now, it wasn't complete, right? It wasn't all of the Laurel and Hardys. But it was going for a hundred quid when it came out. And my mum bought it for me. And I must have, I must have opened, there were, I'm going to say there were 60 DVDs now. I don't know. But I opened a total of four of those DVDs in there. And um, I didn't even watch all of the stuff that was on those DVDs. And I had this thing sitting around forever. And then I, I think, I don't know what, did I, say? I must have sold it on eBay. You couldn't, you wouldn't chuck that away. I must have sold it on eBay. And now I longingly remember back to when I owned most of, but not all, of the Laurel and Hardy films on DVD. Here's the thing. Laurel and Hardy made some turkeys. 
They actually made some turkeys. When they um, got older and they left, I can't remember what studio they were with, but they they were with one studio for years and years and years and years and years. And then they left, and then I think they went to Warner Brothers or something. And the films were written and directed by different people who didn't understand what made Laurel and Hardy funny. And they're really weird. And I've seen bits of them. And there's a weird one where it's in the 50s and Stan Laurel's saying stuff like, um, it's all like, what's what's hep, daddy-o? They actually use the phrase, what's hep, and daddy-o. But, like, not even as a joke. That's the words that they want Stan Laurel to say. And then their last film, oh, their last film is a stinker. It's heartbreaking. Atoll K. They couldn't get a film made in America, so they went to Europe. And they did did one of those films like Clint Eastwood did. You know, the Spaghetti Westerns. It's not Spaghetti Western. But they did um, a film where I think all of the actors were speaking Italian. I want to say, I would say, say Italian and French. They were all speaking different languages. And then it was dubbed over. And also, they both looked really old. Um... Hardy had lost a lot of weight and didn't look good on it. Um, oh, it's a, it's, it's a heartbreaking film, but one that I really recommend you watch. This is Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0844 499 Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleepover. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Yes, 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 yes. Very hot, very sweaty, very sticky, very warm today, wasn't it? Last of it, last of the summer wine, because, um, thund- well, we was that the thunderstorm we had earlier on? Because it lasted, I must have driven through it, because it lasted about 45 seconds. 45 seconds of ha- a hard rain's gonna fall. Um, and it was, like, really deep. Deep rain, and, and there was a sort of poor guy in a suit getting splashed as I drove past him. That was bad. You know, it's illegal. It's illegal to splash someone on the pavement when you're in a car. You know, and you're in a car, and there's a puddle, and there's a... It's Ill- that's illegal. Oh, jog on. Jog on, copper. Jog on, copper. Sorry, copper. You're going to arrest me for that? Arrest me for that, then. Because that is nonsense. That is one of life's little pleasures. And yes, I've been on the receiving end of it, and I've got angry, and then I've gone, ah, but I bet they enjoyed that. I bet they really enjoyed that. It's beautiful. And it doesn't count if it's an accident. It's got to be deliberate. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point in it? Um, And you, you can actually be arrested for splashing through a puddle and getting someone wet... Oh, get a life. Why don't you go out there and, and, and catch sexual deviants and, and paedophiles? Go on. Go on, copper. That's what I'd say if I ever got arrested by one. I wouldn't beg for clemency and apologise profusely. I'd say, why don't you go out there and catch a nonce? Go on. Go on. And what if, if a copper had any sense, he'd say, well, maybe I just have. You're double-nicked. And I'd say, that was brilliant. That was actually a very funny... Co- In fact, it's funny you should say that because... Um, I did a joke about that on my radio show one night. And he'd say, this is still the joke. And I'd say, whoa, 
Trippy man, trippy. Speaking of trippy man, imagine this guy on LSD twenty five. It's Nigel from Maidstone. Mm. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, a little bit of um, uh, uh, ple- mm. oh. How are you today? Oh, I'm hot, hot, hot. Yeah, yeah, I went. I did thirty miles cycling out to Penzos from. I did thirty miles. You went miles to Penzos. It was. It's a bit hot for cycling, wasn't it? Yeah, that is nuts, mate. Speaking I've of nuts, how are pounds. yours? You've lost what? Two pounds. Oh, that's a shame. I'm sure we can have a whip around and get you two quid back. No, I mean on the scales. (laughs) Oh, you mean weight, not... Yeah, two pounds on the scales. But, I mean, that that isn't very much, uh, considering how hot it was, is it, really? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I regularly go to either um, Cafe Nero, which is my favourite of those chains... Or if I don't want to pay parking, there's one nearer me called Costa, which mm. I'm not so keen on because in Nero you get the card and they stamp it, right? Yeah. And you get you get um, nine stamps, you get the tenth drink free. I understand that. In Costa, they give you um, like a plastic credit card, yeah. and I don't understand how that works. I've not activated mine, so I'm mm. in the long run I'm going to be losing out. But here's the thing: mm. I was in there and I was. I forgot to take a book with me. I was going to take my the, the new monkeys book, the uh, yeah. the monkeys head in the sixties. Costas, the monkeys head in the sixties, right? By a guy mm. called Peter Mills, right? Now I I helped Peter. I put him in touch with. I can remember putting him in touch with one person, maybe two people. Yeah. Listen, can I can I read you something, Nigel? Yeah. We, we go to the acknowledgements. The acknowledgements. Mm. Let me read you the acknowledgements from this an actual book. Can I read it to you? Yes. Yes. There are many people to whom I owe a debt of thanks in the preparation and writing of this book. Firstly, this is Peter Mills who's written this book. I'd Mm. like to thank Chip Douglas and Bobby Hart for so graciously answering, um, uh, giving me so much of their time and answering my very many questions. I'd also like to thank Harold Bronson and Bill Inglot for their kindness in talking with me and discussing their own passion for music. So far, Mm. so what? It continues. I don't know any of those people. Do you, well, uh, what? I I've not heard of any oh, of those okay. names. Well, let me, shall I carry on reading and see if mm. you, you, you um, shout, ah, if you hear mm. a name you recognise. Mm. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Yes. <laughs> no, what was the noise you got to make? Oh, I've forgotten. Ah. Oh. You'll go, ah. Oh. Ah. <laughs> oh. Right. Yeah, but you'll do, ah. Oh. oh, yes. Ah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Ah. Oh. Yes. The UK's number one monkey maniac. He very... uh, Modesty forbids me to read out the rest. Um, Mm. So, Catherine, could you come in and read out the rest, me, please? Thank you. Stay there, Nigel. I'm too modest. I I can't read this, but but Catherine will... uh, We'll read it for me. You you can use that microphone, Catherine. You don't need headphones. Just just read it out and and then... uh, Okay, get close to the microphone so all the boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen hear you. Keep quiet, Ian Nigel. Lee. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Do read it, but read it properly. And um, um, what is it? Um, uh, what do they call it? Project. All right. Project. I need the headphones. There we go. Put your headphones on. There we go. go. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee, the UK's number one big head. Hey, he, hey, what? that's not what it says. Oh. That is a book. Okay, that is a proper all book. Right, all right. Read it properly. All right. Oh, blind. There's loads. Yeah, continue, Avu. Did you write this? Shut up. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know that guy. Do the noise, do the noise, but do it properly. I'll do it again. Hang on, ready? (laughs) My hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Oh. 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 Eh? Oh. Oh, Oh, stop it. (sighs) Oh. It's a Nigel and Ian sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it! 
Come and read it out. Come on, because modesty. Only if you'll stop doing that. Modesty prevents me from reading it out myself. <laughs> Nigel, try to be a little bit less. Um, yeah. Sensual. I think, I think he's um, he's spent now. More relaxing. He's empty. Not, not quite so sensual. Little Nigel has gone to sleep. Oh dear. He's had a little <laughs> cry, and he's gone to uh, sleep. I, I want to thank Ian. Hang on. My hat. Hang on. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee, the UK's number one monkey maniac. This guy. <sighs> oh. Oh. <sighs> Ed, you know what? Ed, that Ed, hang on a minute. Ed, can you come turn this microphone on, Ed? And can you come in for a second? Because you're not doing it properly, Catherine. But that, he's creeping me out. No, 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 no. You, you're not doing it properly. Ed, don't sit down, please, because I think you need... If you read that, put your headphones on, Ed, because... Right, we'll try again, Catherine uh, and uh, Nigel. Right, mm. So you read it properly, and you listen, Catherine. And Catherine, could you do me a favour? When he says my name, if we could all go, oh, not you, Ed, that would be weird. Oh, I don't okay. want... Um... All right. Okay, here we go. Firstly, I'd like to thank Chip Douglas. We've done that bit, oh, mate. Okay, cool, cool. Forget, that bit. Forget that guy. Where has he been the last five minutes? He's been, he's oh, been, oh, using, no, this, this he's part, been he... using our internal phone system to call New, New Zealand to <laughs> speak to Ma and Pa for free. They say hi, by the way. Oh, good. Well, uh, send them my love. Right. right. Here we go. <clears throat> my hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Oh... <sighs> Oh, I really... told you, it makes... Oh, I feel really creepy. You know what that, does, that noise does to me? What? It makes my ovaries shrivel. Oh, oh. all right. And that's how babies are made. <laughs> Shall I try it again? Home. If you're at home, if you're a, a lonely person at home, why don't you sit on your speaker now? <laughs> Away you go. My head has tipped to Ian Lee. Oh. The UK's number one monkey maniac. That's the guy. <gasps> no, he's done... Stop it now! <laughs> this, right, this isn't working. None of you are taking a second. Let on, me do out. it again. No, no, no. Go out. on, I'll do it properly. All right, do it properly. This is your last chance. Ed, st- you've you got to do the sex noise now. Oh. <laughs> Look at your phone. Your phone is... Is that an actual... Is that actually your That's watch? Watch. Is that yeah. telling the time, or has it just got a sticker on it? It's that telling the time. It's a ridiculous thing. Right. My hat is tipped to Ian Lee. Oh. <sighs> the UK's number one monkey maniac. He very kindly facilitated introductions for this book, but more broadly deserves the thanks of every fan of the group. Wow. What did you do for this guy? No, mate, I did not do that. For his efforts to keep the band's name alive on his various radio programmes over the years. And more recently via his 7A Records project, which has already delivered bounty to monkey fans worldwide. Even with the sarcastic tone in your voice. And now, no, we're going, we're not finished. (gasps) Round of applause, please. Now we've finished, out you go. You see, Nigel? Yeah. I'm in a book, mate! I'm in a phone booth, it's the one across the hall. If you don't answer it, I know I'll never call. I'm in a book, mate. I'm in an actual book. Yeah. There it is. Nigel. Well done. well done. Well done. Well done indeed. Well, thanks for calling, Nigel. Yeah, yeah. hang on a second. Excellent stuff. 0844. Oh, did we get to the point? Yes, um, I want to thank you for doing my album. The album you released yesterday. Well, it's... it's, it's drop it. What's the date today? It's yeah. dropping... Mm. It's supposed to drop. It says on on iTunes now. I've got it up now. Mm. It says dropping tomorrow. We've had thirty two mm. five star reviews, and the yeah. album hasn't even dropped. Uh, you haven't sold any. Um, sold any? Yet. No, mate, because it drops tomorrow. Oh, I thought, oh, I thought it was no. But the other things that the other the Lindsay Lohan one, one's out already. No, the single. No. Oh, would you like to hear some of the reviews? Yes, is it Rick, Rick uh, what you've got to read it? Um, hover, these are some five-star reviews. Hoverboard Henry on, on uh, iTunes writes, mm. Wow, 
I just wish to God that I could have my marriage party again. The sausage rolls, baps and baby sham with the added spice of this wonderful album. Thank you to the talented people involved. Lindsay mm. Lohorn is an instant classic full of love, lust and horn. And mm. can I just say, Nigel, yeah. it's, um, it's been brought to my attention, this is actually genuinely serious, yeah. right, yeah. that Lindsay Lohan is... She's quite litigious over uses of her image. Mm. So um, we refer to this as Lindsay Lohorn. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Here's another one Mm. Uh, from Artyman82. Being a titty man myself, I like to watch the strumming of a guitar as an added bonus. (laughs) Now, luckily, Ian's not a... Oh, okay. Uh, Okay, Bob, give us your flipping money... Geldof. Now, buy this like me and help Giza out. Um, the, Pete actually says, I don't know what that means. These uh, the three tracks that will change your life. Miley mm. Styley features some of the best rap in the charts. Mm. I'm a titty man is my pick of the pops with its catchy lyrics. But the chorus of Lindsay Lohorn is anthemic. You wrote that bit. Every track has the potential to become the 2016 Christmas number one. Mm. Incredible music talent from the DC DJ, Ian Lee, and uh, Nigel from Maidstone. Five stars would recommend. The the album cover's nice as well. No. Again, we didn't go with that. It's a picture of me. Well, I saw saw it on iTunes uh, earlier. What, the picture of me with a beard? No, earlier there was a picture, the no, actual, the no, first picture you no, did. No, that one, we couldn't use it, because it, we, that, we, listen, it, it's With really... Lindsay Lohan in it. Lindsay who? The picture of Lindsay Lohan at the side. I don't know what she's got to do with this project. But the one, no, she's in the, the actual no, song, isn't she? No, she's not! Lindsay Lohan is! Yeah, but not... there was a, they did put a picture up, first of all. Yeah, but that picture isn't on iTunes. No. 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 Anyway, thank you for doing the album. You're very welcome. 0844 499 1000. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Uh, If you're wondering, yes, Nigel from Maidstone, myself, Barry from Watford and the DC DJ have all contributed to um, uh, an EP. And you can buy it on iTunes. It drops tomorrow. Um, And I've just tweeted the link if you're following me, at Ian Lee. Ray's on... Oh, no. Ray's on the line. Good evening, Ray. Good evening. Good evening, Ray. What you got for us? Um, um, well, I think I've told you this before. Um, well, actually, I was going to ask, um, we're allowed to talk about the monkeys, aren't we? Um, if we are allowed to, but not too much, because someone did mention ages ago, you don't have to go on about them a lot, so I'm being <laughs> deliberately, um, I'm deliberately trying to talk about them less, but you brought it up spontaneously, so I've got, I've got to. Okay, well, as long as it's not unbongoed, but anyway, um, I'm a mobile DJ, and um, I, buy, I buy these uh, compilations that are compiled especially for DJ use. What do you, hang on, what do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. Compilations that are compiled specially for DJ use? What is that? What, what, are they all mixed together? Uh, well, no, um, individual tracks um, what? But, but for DJ use, effectively. Well, well, hang on, uh, why can't I use them? Well, I don't, it's to do with the licensing. So, hang on a minute, you buy a record... Yeah. And it, you get the licence to play it with it. it it's, um, these comp- specific compilations are only licensed for you are, DJ use. You are talking, you uh, how much do they cost? 
Uh, well, actually, um, they can cost a pretty decent amount. I mean, uh, this one here, I've got a single disc. It's £12.50, and there's Bloody 23 hell. tracks on it. Why don't you just burn stuff off of the internet and uh, for free, illegally, and use that? Uh, no, because uh, I'll do things properly. All right, well, why don't you go down to our price or your local record retailer and just buy, like, stuff from the bargain bin? Uh, do they exist? Why don't you just get um, Jive Bunny and put that on? The Jive Bunny album, not the single. Well, anyway, back to the topic. Oh. Um, one of these compilations oh. actually features the monkey song, You Bring the Summer. Oh. Yeah, um, a nice little bit of promotion for that song. But and I've got that... it. I could have burnt you a... I could have taped it and sent it to you. Yes, I know, and I, I bought the uh, Good Times album myself, but it, it's nice to see that... You know, uh, his the, master's uh, voice, his master's up. voice must see you striding down the street and rub... Um, the, what's the dog called? Nobby... Must be rubbing his paws with glee when he when you walk you you stride into there. <laughs> well, it's it's all about the promotion of this monkey song, isn't I mean, it? Just isn't yes. it? Absolutely just. Uh, because uh, it was quite a while ago it was released as a single, wasn't it? Oh, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it was um, uh, written by Andy Partridge of XTC fame, of course. Yeah, and a terrific song. I've got a hole in my shirt. No, have I? This is my favourite, favourite... Someone's just emailed saying, you've got a hole in your shirt behind your right armhole. Oh. Oh, no, I have. Look, this is my favourite shirt. Oh, no. Well, pretty much all your shirts are checked, aren't they? Yeah, but this... Uh, oh, no. I've had this shirt for years. It's my favourite, favourite shirt, right? And the thing is, because I'm putting on... It's because I'm putting on weight. And mm. so my shirts are a little bit tight around the old... Uh, no, it's time... They're a little bit tight around the old armholes. And this this shirt, I've, I've had this shirt for so many years. I used to host Set the Agenda in it. It was my, it was my lucky shirt. And it's, it's, it's really thin now because I've been wearing it for so many years. And, that was oh, a bit... There we go, dumped. <laughs> that's annoying. Oh, that's annoying. Anyway, um, if only, um, Ray, we uh, had still had darning skills these days because i could fix this but instead i'm gonna rip it off oh dear the beginning of the end the beginning of the end the end of the beginning learn to let go (laughs) sometimes when someone some people say oh it's the beginning of the end or is it the end of the beginning i can get lost for an hour trying to work out what that means do you know what i mean it's a delicious delicious phrase back in 82 who said Uh, who did that what yeah, do you remember Classics Nouveau? The name, the name rings a bell. Is this on a £12.99 DJ-only CD? <laughs> no, this was, um, uh, Sal Solo was the lead singer. Sal Solo! Sal! Jeez! You're the only person that remembers Sal Solo. Big, tall, bald fella, wasn't he? Yeah, who found Christianity. He had, um, he had, he founded Christianity, did you say? Well, he he found it, you know. He found God. He he had a solo hit. What was Sal Solo's oh. solo hit? It was like it wasn't Pa Yezu. Um, although that was that. It was in a church. It was him singing in a church. Sal Solo. I'm gonna hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Sal Solo. Uh, San Damiano. There we there go. go. Hang on a second. Hang on. Here we go. Right, 
right, said Fred. There's a choir boy with makeup on. That's weird. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. Yeah, anyway, uh, Classics New Vote. I did a song called The End or the Beginning. Do you remember... Um... Uh, hang on a minute. Uh, I'm trying to picture them. It was like a classical band, mm. an orchestra, but they had masks on, like refle- oh. reflective masks. They weren't hooked on classics. It was um, they played like disco versions of classical music. Really? What was that? What were they called? It wasn't hooked on classics. I don't think it was hooked on classics because that was Louis Clark. I don't think it was hooked on classic. They had a name. Not Manhattan Transfer, because they were Shaws on I heard them being interviewed on, on something the other day, and they were really angry that that's what they were known for. They said, but that that's unlike any of our other material. And now it got me thinking, oh, I wonder what... um. The, 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 their other their other material is, but it didn't make me think enough to go and look it up. Uh, Spice of Life was their other hit. No, that was the Spice Girls, mate. Um, <laughs> Rond- Rondo Veneziano. They were the dudes with the masks on. Do you remember Rondo Veneziano? I don't. Rondo, hang on, Rondo Veneziano. Right, listen, listen to this because I'm sure they did. Um, like disco version. Oh, here we go. I remember this. Look, it's done. It's it's a it's a cartoon video, right? It's done by the same guy I think that did Watership Down. It certainly looks like it. Here we go. Oh, La Serenissima. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. La Joe, Joe. Is it called La Joe? Here we go. used to terrify me oh my god they're floating in the sea in classical garb but they've got no faces oh dude well that's that's um that's brought back a little bit of um uh, teenage not even teenage childish terror if anybody wants to know more about rondo veneziano um i'm going to be tweeting it in a few minutes homework for us to get on with. Exactly, Ray. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Mike, good evening, Mike. Hi, Ian. How are you doing, boss? I'm all right, buddy, yeah. Um, do you know, I was just reading. I was going to ask if you want me to read out the acknowledgement which you posted on Twitter with a bit more gusto. Yes, they were a bit mate, well, modesty prevents me from reading it out loud myself. So, yeah, that would be great, actually. Thanks. Before I do that, though, I think there's... Um, I mean, I'm not a proofreader or an author. I think there's a grammatical error in the acknowledgements. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. If you look, where it says... Where's the grammatical kindly, error? I've got the acknowledgement. So, yeah, he very kindly facilitated introductions for this book, but... Now, but is a conjunctive, yeah. a conjunction, that isn't meant to be a comma before it. Oh, this book is absolute book. Well, that's it. Don't buy The Monkey's Head in the 60s by Peter Mills. Don't buy... Don't buy... What are you saying? Wait, hang on. Catherine's, Catherine's getting angry now. She, you've... you've um, me? Yeah. At you. Well, I'm angry at her for it's mocking you. Walls. Whoa, what's wrong? That's a subordinate clause. You're allowed to do that. So, so he's, the, it, this book is correct? Yeah. All right. In that case, um, please uh, go back online and buy The Monkey's Head in the 60s by Peter Mills. It, 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 really, is a, it really is a great read. 
um, unlike Mike, who is a terrible reader. So, Mike, I'm going to I'm going to pass on you reading my acknowledgement, mate, because um, I'm going to do it in an X Factor voice. No, no, mate. I don't think I, I only want intelligent people to be associated with me from now on. And um, that was that was a terrible faux pas you made there. I, of course, recognise the mistake that you were making. I allowed you to walk into my comma trap. Hey, does it ever stop being funny, Mike? When Americans say period. No. Oh, come on. It's brilliant. brilliant. It means uh, a full stop. But we don't go... When we when we make a point, we don't go... And um, the same thing goes for Christmas. Full stop. We don't do that. Some people do. But they do. do. The Americans go, and the same thing goes for Christmas. Period. And I just can't stop thinking about when um, Joanne Laws told me what a period was when I was nine years old. I wonder what she's up to now. Um, yeah, so do I. She was the first girl... Well, everyone fancied Joanne Laws, but then um, her parents split up, and um, they, her mum got remarried, and she came oh. into school, and she changed her last name to Hill, and we all got a talk about why she had a different name, and why we had to um, treat her... You know, we, of course, ribbed her mercilessly. That's what, that's what kids do. We smell all weakness, and we pounced on it. Um, but yeah, you, I wonder... I wonder... I you should wonder. find her. I found this website today. It's Cutting Edge. Friends reunited. Friends re- yeah, yeah, I found it. I found it, mate. It must be in the zeitgeist because um, someone pointed me in that direction the other day. Yeah, it's good that, and it's all it's people from school and stuff. Yeah, good investment by ITV. That yes. I've, 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 I've got a really quite scary story about internal, not internal, in spontaneous human combustion. Well, Michael, in that case, do you mind um, straddling the news? I don't mind. I tell you why. Because A, it, it's a funny phrase for me to say. And B, because uh-huh. we've got um, David Franks from the Society of Osmotic Thermalization coming on. And um, I'm sure he'd love to hear your story. That's good. I'd like to, I'd like to hear his stance on it. All right. Thank you very much indeed. Well, Mike, you stay there. Uh, yeah, we're going to be, I was going to say, celebrating spontaneous human combustion, SHC. Uh, of course, that's completely... Uh, the wrong phrase. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about it and uh, speaking to someone who's, um, I think, per- been personally affected by it and um, try and find, um, or just try and raise awareness. You mention it and people people joke about it and laugh about it. I mention it on Twitter and people, oh, it's not real. Oh, it's not real. Oh, it's not real. Oh, the wick effect. Oh, it's not real. Well, it is real. And it affects between naught and 100% of um, citizens of North America um, every year. And we'll be talking about it uh, after news. If you've got a story, if you've been affected by it, uh, do give us a call. 0844 499 1000. We call you back. You can still call in about other bits and pieces. Uh, but if you're calling in about SHC, uh, you will be jumping straight to the front of the queue. That all-important telephone number you need to dial is 0844-499-1000. Hit the numbers now, you will get through. And I've checked, and he's not copyrighted that, so I might copyright it. And then what's James O'Brien going to say? Huh? Across the UK, online and on DAB. A new kind of talk radio. We'll get you talking. Talk radio. Do give us a call. 0844-499-1000. With your spontaneous human combustion stories, SHC. We'll hear Mike's story and then we'll speak to David Franks from Soot. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. 
Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a man so fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone fast with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee. I might fall from a tall building. I might roll a brand new car. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that made Redford such a star. Spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuff. Make these wood look so fine. So I bought um, the entire uh, series of the Unexplained uh, magazine for four pounds fifty. Um, you don't know what the Unexplained magazine is? Oh, hang on a second. Where is all my bits have gone to... Uh, here we go. So much in our universe just cannot be explained. But just cannot be ignored. Events and phenomena, past and present, defy so-called rational explanation. How much do we really know? And how much are we allowed to know? Now, week by week, a new publication examines new evidence and explores the theories. The Unexplained. At Newsagents, now... And it's pretty scary stuff. Um, well, you're looking at some, if you're listening to last night's show, uh, some, some, some pretty terrifying stories. The one that you all remember, of course, is the spontaneous human combustion story. The reason why it was in issue one. Everyone got issue one and some people got bored. But um, it's actually terrifying. Um, let, me re- let me read some of the, uh, the uh, unexplained, um, their entry on spontaneous human combustion. Perhaps the most common characteristics of SHC is the sheer speed with which it strikes. Many victims were seen alive only a few moments before the fire struck from nowhere. An Italian surgeon called Battaglio reported the death of a priest in the town of Filetto in 1789. Lodging with his brother-in-law, he'd been left alone in his room reading a prayer book. A few minutes later, he screamed. People came running to find him on the floor, surrounded by a pale flame which receded as they approached. The priest, uh, Batoli, wore a sackcloth under his clothes next to his skin, and it was immediately apparent that the outer clothes had burned away, leaving the sackcloth intact. Under the sackcloth, the skin on the man's trunk was not burned, but detached from the flesh and hung in shreds. So it's a serious, serious thing. Lots of people have been very snooty about it. Oh, it's not real. 
oh, it, it's not real. Well, it is real. It's a very serious issue, and it's an issue that is, is um, I think, uh, ignored quite a lot. Very pleased that we've got David Franks from Soot on the line. Good evening, David. Good evening. Um, tell me about Soot, David. What is it, and, and, and what, did you start it? No, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, Soot stands for the Society of Osmotic uh, Thermalisation. It was started in 1987 by uh, Kevin James, whose uh, mother died of something, uh, the sort of thing you're talking about tonight, a spontaneous human combustion. Yep. Um, he wasn't believed. Uh, there was no payout from insurance because it was believed that it was from suicide. Oh. And he thought that he would set up a help group. Um, I didn't come at it from that side myself. No. I, I've, I've come in from other charities. But um, he set it up. He's offering support to people, and in some cases, uh, financial help. What is... Has it impacted on your life, SHC? Um, no, not really. I oh. mean, I, I, I just work um, for Kevin. Uh, what I will say is I was cynical before I came along. Yeah. Um, I work in all sorts of charities, and they make rather grandiose claims in, in order to get money. Mm. Um, but I joined. I, I didn't know what to think, but some of the evidence I've seen, well, it's absolutely, you, you say it's a serious issue, it most certainly is. Mm. And it does exist. Yes, of course it does. Um, we've got Mike on the line. Mike, you were about to tell us your story about of SHC and how it's impacted on your life. Yeah, and was that is that Kevin James, the world famous mediocre actor? Who it happened to the what? Sorry, Ke- Kevin James, the the world famous mediocre actor. I, no, I don't think so. It wasn't actually. It was a journalist. What's what's, what's your point, Mike? Actor. No, sorry, it's just that he's an American actor. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe, maybe he's got the same name, mate. It does happen from time to time. Get to your point, please, caller. The hijinks. Um, so, in 2010, um, an episode of This Morning, the springtime, uh, Keith Changwin was cooking asparagus uh, and poached eggs. Uh, and unfortunately, just as he broke into the yolk and exclaimed, <laughs> he uh, actually combusted. Um, right, well, that's Mike. I'm going to stop you there, mate. That's not true. I, I saw Keith at the David Brent premiere recently. He's not ah. combusted. That, so that's not true, no, mate. No, because no, what happened following that was the Mandela effect. Oh, for goodness sakes. I'm sorry. Uh, see, I can pick up on something uh, you were talking about in 1789, the priest Bertoli in the Italian town. Yeah. And, and the skin was detached from the bone. This is the interesting thing. I, I think um, what's pricked on other people's interest is, is this idea that. Yes, there is a phenomenon where where the natural event of what fire would do to a body does not happen in these cases. So that's quite a celebrated one, that 1789 one. The, the skin was detached from the bone uh, in a way that wouldn't be expected from a, from a normal you, fire. David, um, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter now, and I'm not going to read all of it, um, but there's... I'm going to read some of it, because I want you to... to I just want to know. I'm well this, used to the cynics. I'm this well is what I was going to say. Um, yeah. Leighton on on Twitter says the closest I ever got to SHC was scorching my left testicle with my hot water bottle. Um, Paul says um, SHC has affected him in the bum area. Right. Um, uh, and, and it's kind of lots of people making jokes about uh, farting mm. and, and I mean here we go this one looks like it's being friendly but if, if, listening to Ian Lee talking about spontaneous human combustion on talk radio don't laugh it's not funny it's a burning issue hashtag hot topic do you, you, you get a lot of that kind of stuff yes well, yeah, we do get a lot of that we get a lot of time wasters and people as you say the breaking wind thing uh, we've had people 
uh, sending photos and so forth, saying that I I recently blew up and it's someone's. They blew uh, off. Letting, yes, they've letting letting you know igniting Let some methane. Yeah, and we have a lot of that sort of thing. We have people who show us charred remains of the clearly a doll or a, mm. a teddy bear or something. Uh, it's very funny until it happens to you. Do no. you? Think, do you remember that gentleman, Mr. Methane? Hello? <laughs> do I remember Mr. Methane? I, well, yes, I do. What's, what's your... I wonder... He was, comedy, he was a comedy turn, if I remember rightly. Yeah, he wore... If I got this right, he wore a green... Um, like a suit, like a superhero suit, and would ignite uh-huh. his farts. Um, genuine act. I, I wonder if he did SHC... Um, if if his act actually had a negative impact on the work that Soot do? Well, yes, indeed. I mean, you've only got to look at the, some of the tweets tonight about, you know, lighting you, your word on my thoughts. Um, yes, it, it does happen. That's, that's one of the, the, the main things that people like to joke about. Whether this particular gentleman, um, can't remember what you said his name is, whether, whether he, um, you know, did that. Yes, I suppose that sort of thing would have a detrimental effect. Okay. But if your mother had died, yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. and and you know set light to a skirt and all a cardigan and gone up like a a Roman candle, I don't think you'd be making jokes about um, uh, blowing off. You know, letting doing uh, farts. And um, so forth. Uh, uh, let me just read out. I've read out a couple of negatives. Let me read out a, a positive from David okay. McFadden. He says, "I'm quite sceptical about SHC, but you have to be a complete knob to go on live radio just to ridicule a guest. Thank you, David. Um, Jonathan's calling. Good evening, Jonathan. Hello. Jonathan, what's um, what's your story about SHC? Pardon? What's hello? your... Yes, hello, Jonathan. Yeah? How has SHC impacted on your life? What's SHC? David? Sorry, what is HSC? It's a term encompassing reported cases of combustion of living or uh, recently deceased uh, human beings, uh, specifically without an apparent external source of ignition. Spontaneous human combustion, Jonathan. We're doing a phone-in on it. Oh. You usually have the guests on at 10 or 12. Uh, Yeah, well, tonight we've got the guest on at 11, the one in between. Were you you not listening? Uh, no, I've been a bit busy. Okay. Well, being racist. Uh, um, no, just having fun. Okay. I may call you tomorrow or something. Okay. Did you have anything specific you wanted to ask about uh, SHC? Um, it's interesting, but I can't think of anything relevant. Right. Well, it's not. It's not. Is it true, David, that we all that he's gone? Okay. Is it true, David, that oh uh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand? By the way, um. I was reading a statistic uh, a, a few weeks ago in, um, I think it was in The New Scientist, which my father-in-law has in the toilet. It was a few months old. That um, In America, everybody knows somebody who has been impacted by mm. spontaneous human combustion. Is that, is that true? Because that's an amazing statistic. I, I think, um, well, I mean, tonight it proved there was a chap who phoned you earlier and he was talking about the wick effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I incidentally got that slightly wrong He's slightly mistaken He seemed to be implying I don't know if you remember That his wife's uncle I think it was Provided the wick effect himself The wick effect is simply If your body is burning There's melted fat um, What will happen is it, there, are, there, are, there are wick effects Sort of floor coverings Chair stuffing 
the floor itself, the clo- you know, clothing, that is the wick effect. So I just wanted to make that clear. But yes, in terms of um, oh, Americans, yes, we deal. We, we, we have people from all over the world getting in touch with us. Uh, we can't necessarily provide money for them, but we can certainly provide support. So yes, I think that's, that's, that's possible. And what, so, what support... Has anybody ever survived a spontaneous human combusting? Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, really? Indeed. Isn't that interesting? Frank, ba- Frank Baker is a, a celebrated um, uh, combustor from Vermont, uh, USA, 1995. Uh, he began burning, in his case, from the, the anal, uh, his anal, uh, anal area. And he survived that, wow. and he's done been on a number of documentaries talking about... Um, you well, know, I think I've seen his arse. Well, he's, yes, he's in his sort of smouldered. Uh, there was yeah. no hint of any lighter fluid or... <laughs> you know, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But it, it can happen. And, and with a number of these cases, you know, the people have been sat next to a naked flame. Quite often there are bees. Um, there are what, sorry? Flame. There are bees. Bees. Obese. 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 And, um, there are bees. I don't know. Obe- obese. Obese. Fat, quite larger people. Yep. And they have, and some of them have had an impacted colon, um, the release of gaseous air next to an external flame can ignite, um, can ignite things. Uh, page 84 of um, the, have you, did you, did you used to collect the unexplained back in the day? Yes, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, Deaths that appear to have been caused by spontaneous human combustion, SHC, mm. have always been an embarrassment to the medical profession. Gosh, I mean, this is 1981, how true it is now. The refusal to believe in SHC is not the result of a deliberate conspiracy to suppress the evidence. Rather, right. there has been a turning away, a wish not to think about such an outrage of accepted medical and scientific well, knowledge. What's the scientific, uh, where, where is the science community on it today is, is it accepted i think that you know over the years i mean there's been right back to you know the 1780s people have been reporting this thing i think that um increases in forensic research would mm. suggest that it is possible um there's been a lot of kind of silly comments people throwing up you and and, and tweeting mm. and, and such like I, i'm not an idiot i can see why it's extraordinary oh, but course, it, it does exist it, 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 it does seem too fantastic um, it does seem fantastic. Yeah. You've got to wonder why it happens. I mean, mm. our bodies are made of electrical impulses. Um, you know, everything we do is c- controlled, enabled by electrical signals running through our bodies. There's an interesting. Um, there's an interesting picture here. Sorry to interrupt. Interesting. It's mm. actually horrific. It's it's a, it's a pair of legs, and it's it's right. a pair of legs, and it's a woman. In a fireplace, okay, and the caption. Right, I've was, seen that. I know yeah, the one. And so the body is completely gone, but the legs are there. But she's in a fireplace, and the caption says, "Only the legs remain of Mrs. E. M., a widow who died on the 29th of January, 1958. Was she burnt by the fire in the grate, or did she combust of her own accord?" And she's bearing in mind her, her body, what remains of her body, is in the fireplace. Well, yes, and I think that possibly the clue is that she was in the fireplace. Yeah. She may have, um, I don't know, had a drink. Uh, she's been near an naked flame. She's, she's got, you know, she's let air pass. And her hair has caught light. Her skirt's caught light. And she's gone up. Um, it really, it re- the human body is a remarkable thing. Dan's called in. Dan, um, you're through to David Franks from Sir. How has um, SHC impacted on your life? Well, it hasn't impacted on me yet. I mean, I have got some concerns, and I, I hope um, David might be able to to give me some direction on this. Let's hope so. Yes. Um, 
You, you, you said that it, um, SHC does tend to impact people who are, shall we say, obese, I think you said. Yes, I said um, obese. Now, I'm, I'm a gentleman of a size. Let's say I'm probably the size of those blue disability cars you used to get. I'm, I've, you know, I've put on a bit of weight. Right. And I suffer from IBS, so things Ooh. are a bit gassy. Ooh. Right. I've got a nylon carpet. Oh, God. I've got a brand new sofa coming in the next couple of weeks. I see. I'm concerned. The, the, the sofa is being bought on tick. It's on the never-never. You know, I'm going to be paying it off probably for the next four or five years. Can I, can I, just, right. can I just bring you into the... What, what, what's this got to do with SHC, please, Dan? Just to move you on, because it's a very busy switchboard tonight. I am concerned that were I to spontaneously combust, my partner might be left with a sofa that she can ill afford to pay for. Does David Franks, he's <laughs> reputable in this, I know this, I've read his books, mm. does he know of a decent insurer? Yeah, that's a good question, David. Will will insurance companies, will the Admiral, will Churchill, will Churchill mm. say, oh, yes, if I you make I, a I claim... I couldn't go with Churchill because we've got cats. They don't like the dog. OK, no, fair enough. OK, would the Admiral um, the, the, raise the flag and salute it, David, if you made a claim um, uh, because your, your loved one I, died I, of SHC? I'm certainly not Admiral prepared. As well, I've got to I, say, is that I really Dan, don't agree with Demon on my sofa. Dan, you've, you've Dan, you've, 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 you've just asked the question. Just, we've got the question, Dan. Let's 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 let David. I, let's I, just hang on. Sorry, David. Okay. Sorry, David. He's he's interrupted. I'm just telling him why he should stop interrupting and let you get on right, the questions. Okay. For you. Let me I'm just sorry finish for that. Can well, I speak now? Not Hello? yet, because I've yes? not let. Da- da- oh, sorry, no, guys. Is it me that's got to be quiet? No. Yes. I'm David. You want me to speak now? Not yet, Hello? David. I'm just going to put. Is it my turn here? No, Dan. And David, right. if you could both be quiet. David, I'm just going to explain to Dan why he needs to be quiet so you can answer the question. And then if you could answer the question, that would be great. So, Dan, you've asked the question. You're talking to me now, Ian. Yes, I am. Let's right. let David uh, answer it. David. Sorry, David. Right, well, I, I can't... We'll come back after this break. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and off the on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. We've got about another eight minutes or so of uh, David Franks' time. David Franks is from the Society of Osmotic Thermalisation. We're talking um, about um, an issue that doesn't really get enough attention, I don't think, these days. Spontaneous human combustion. Um, mm. David, you're about to answer Dan's question. Would, uh, yes. he, would his uh, wife, if he were to spontaneously humanly combust... Would his wife be able to make a claim on the insurance? Well, I don't know whether Dan. Sorry, I don't. I don't think this. Yeah, just, just go, just keep, start speaking, David, and don't stop. Right. Okay. I'd just like to say that this, this Dan. I mean, I I would like to point out. You talk about you've got, um, was it irritable bowel syndrome? And uh, you've got a nylon sofa, and I just make it absolutely clear: it's not about, Mm. not necessarily about um, igniting bad air from, you know, the anus. You know, there are, there are many things, that, there are many theories about how it could happen. I dare say, <laughs> I dare say you could be drinking as much homemade beer and yeah. eating as much curry as you like. It doesn't mean you're going to blow up. Is it true, uh, is it true Mama Cast spontaneously combusted? Is that true? Yes, sir, that is true. That yeah, is true, that isn't is it? True. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. so. I thought I'd read that. Um, yeah, somewhere. In that occasion, all the leaves weren't just brown. <laughs> the sky was as David, well. I mean, who, who would insure me? I, think we I fi- don't know. I can't. I, the, 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 the society can't give specific 
um, insurance companies. I, I, I'm not allowed to do it, and I certainly couldn't do that on air. Ian, do you know, if I were to phone the Admiral, yeah, no, Dan, would the Admiral, would, would the semen cover my sofa? Oh, Dan, uh, someone's pointed out on Twitter oh, that, what that joke actually meant, joke, actually. It? Yeah, I, you did it earlier and I didn't get it and someone pointed it out on Twitter. No, thank you, mate. Um, how can someone, David, stop themselves spontaneously bursting into flame? Uh, someone said on Twitter, and I thought it was a joke, but actually thinking about it during that break, it does make sense. Is sleeping in a bath of water, would that help? Yes, that is something you could do. Um, there are flame retardant uh, clothes that you could buy. If you're worried about, uh, you know, breaking, uh, igniting overnight, there are sheets that you can get that will damp down. You can sleep under a fire blanket. Mm. Um, there are a number of things. I would leave windows closed because fire can spread uh, with the addition of oxygen. And I wouldn't sleep with anyone. You know, if you're no. worried about suddenly bursting into flames, keep away from the spicy food. Uh, keep the windows closed at all times and try and sleep under some spy retardant material. Andrew asks on Twitter... What's he asking? <coughs> <coughs> so I've got a glass of water. Hang on a second. Sorry. It's a bit... um, Andrew asks, could a furious... Well, could a furious tug cause this? What, um, David? What does it? <laughs> what does it? Does it? Does it mean what I think it means? No, I, I've, I've looked into that. I mean, there's a lot of research about that sort of thing. Uh, friction burns are totally different. I don't think um, what you're referring to. Uh, so there's no need for him, as he says, um, he says, I best put my boxing gloves back on. There's no need for that. Tug I away. Tug away. Tug away, Andrew. Okay. Bit silly. David, um, if people want to find out more about Soot, um, where do they go and how can they help? www.societyofosmoticthermalisation. Be sure to send me an email. I will do my very best to get back to you. And um, I dare say... So hopefully some of the questions won't just be about having a, a furious tug or whatever you said, or blowing off into a naked flame. <laughs> Hello? Well, I wish you and your society the very best of luck, David. Um, you. And you've got an open invitation. You come on any time you want, mate. I'd love to. Thank you so much. And keep safe out there. Thanks for your time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, David. David Franks from Soot. Oh, wait, 444. 499-1000 is the phone number. You can give us a call about that, or you can can call in about anything you want, really, guys. This is Talk Radio. Late-night conversation. Wealth losing sleepover. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 0844-499-1000. I'm Ian Lee. This is uh, Talk Radio. You can call in about that. You can call in about anything else um, that you want to call in about. Later on in the show, we're going to play the interview that I did with John Ronson ages and ages ago. Like, it was like the third week of Talk Radio when we had like um, six listeners. So double what we've got now. Um, but uh, some of you won't have heard it, so we're going we're gonna to play that later on because it's, it's a cracking interview. In the meantime, 
You can call in about anything uh, you want. 0844 499 1000 is the telephone number. Now, there's this new gadget out. Right. And I saw this earlier on. And part of me thought, ooh, that looks good. And then I thought, oh, that actually looks a bit rubbish. But I don't know if it's good or if it's rubbish or not. Um, it, it's, uh, Amazon has launched its own version of a butler. A £150 voice-activated device that can run your home? What the heck is this? Echo. When my boys go somewhere that creates an echo, to test the echo, they shout the word echo, but then they also do the echo of the word echo. So we'll be under a bridge and they'll go, echo, 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 echo. And I go, guys, you can't, you can't test the echo because you can say other things apart from the word echo and you don't, if there is a real echo, you don't need to, to you don't need to do the fake echo. The feco, it's close. You don't need to do that. It will do it. They go, echo! 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 echo, echo. Is connected by the internet. Oh, the bloody internet. I knew it. I knew it. By, is connected by the internet to an artificial intelligence hub called Alexa. Right, well, this is going to, um, already, it's a £150 butler called Alexa. That's connected to the internet? This isn't going to work. Or maybe it will, I don't know. That provides the brain power to control smart gadgets around the house and access a a host of services. Now, there's a picture here, and it says what Alexa can do. It can order a pizza. Okay, I can can believe that. It can turn on the lights. Mm. It can run a bath. Who has, who has got the taps? Who has got any taps connected to the internet? That's obviously nonsense. Taps can... Alexa, run a bath. I don't even know how to get Siri to work on my phone. The only time Siri comes up is when it's in my pocket and I press a combination of buttons by accident. And again, my kids get excited. Oh, can we talk to Siri? No. I don't know how to activate Siri. It can turn up the heating. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Tris, I will come to you in a second. It can turn up the heating, switch on lights, and set domestic timers as well as order a takeaway and call a cab. Because when I saw this online, I saw this online earlier. You go to Amazon, and it comes up on their homepage, and I thought it was just. Um, a wireless speaker you know you get these wireless because it, it said you can stream uh spotify spotify and, and amazon prime and a few other things so i thought it was just a wireless speaker but it turns out i can do everything and all round speakers on the pike sized gizmo means it can play music from or read uses the news or sports results it can even interact with the user much in the same way that a human assistant can do. And then that's all it says about that. Let's analyse that sentence. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. It can even interact with the user much in a way that a human assistant can do. What? It doesn't explain that anymore. What the hell does that mean?
Echo and smaller 50-pound version Dot have been a hit in the US and have been given an English accent for the British launch. Jessica Eckholm of Analysts Gartner said, A connected home will be easily achievable for most in a few years. And why use an app to control your home when you can just shout at it? What the, what the hell is this? How, can someone explain to me, please, right, how this thing can turn on your bath? Alexa, turn on my bath. Right. How's it put the plug in the bath? Ah-ha! Gotcha! You can't... You might be able to connect the taps to the internet. You can't connect the plug to the internet. Can't connect the, the, the bath plug to Wi-Fi. You can't do it. How can you do that? Unless you've got like a Pee Wee Herman kind of breakfast machine that does it. I don't... I, I mean, it doesn't it sound great, but... Also, I bet setting it up would be an absolute nightmare. By the way, if Amazon want to give me one for free, I'd certainly come on the radio and say great things about it. But um, it, it, what, anything that has to be connected to the Wi-Fi is just a nightmare. Because I can never, I always have to, my Wi-Fi box is under my bed because that's where my main phone socket is. The main phone socket isn't in the hallway or in the spare room or in the living room. It's under the bed in my bedroom. Uh, and so every time I want to know what the password is, I have to go up there and I reach under there with my phone and take a picture of it. And then I've got a printer that's connected to the Wi-Fi. And after about three weeks, it goes really slowly. I mean, it would take about 20 minutes to print a page. And the only way... For ages, I thought it was broken. And we, we, we put up with this for months. About a year, actually, we put up with this. And, um, you know, it, could take, it would take half a day to print out several documents. And then I discovered that the only way to get it back to good speed is to turn off the Wi-Fi, like at the mains for a minute, and then turn it back. It's got to be longer than a minute. You do it less than a minute, and it's going to bugger the whole thing up. So you have to go and disconnect the um, Wi-Fi for a minute, then turn it back on, then it, and then it works again for two or three weeks, and then... No, 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 no. Triss is on the line. Good evening, Triss. Do you know, this thing's getting me angry. Yeah, well, I mean, I even have dead spots in the house where I can't get Wi-Fi, so the thought of connecting everything up to it sounds terrible. You uh, you can't get Wi-Fi in your house? No, I can, I can, but there's, like, little corners, like, little bits of the house where the, the signal drops out. I can't get it in the kids' room. Well... Um, that's that's actually probably a blessing, isn't it? Because when they get older, yeah, you don't want them on the old uh, you don't want them on the old internet. Kids in the internet, they're not going to know what the internet is, right? Exactly. Have exactly. you seen those smart buttons that Amazon are doing now as well? Where you, if you run out of toilet paper, you hit the button and then you get it later that day or something. Is that right? That's right. They've also got they've also got a Durex button as well. Talk, that, that's a way of killing. Oh, them, I think <laughs> the Durex button. I thought that was a was a spoof. Oh uh, no, I don't think it was. I think I saw it on the Amazon website. I think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not definite. I th- oh, I thought that was a a spoofington. I hate what spoofs. I hate spoofs. I hate when people do spoofs. There's nothing lazier, right, Tris? Indulge me for a second, right? 
there's nothing lazier than people doing spoofs. Like that, if that Jurek thing was a spoof, then it was just lazy. And you get people doing spoof TV shows, like spoof documentaries, like The Office, lazy. Or when some shows get spoof guests on, you think, oh, just get a real guest on. Just go and make a yeah, real documentary. Go and go and get a real, do something for real. Create something instead of spoofing other people's ideas. Really annoys me. Yeah, I can, I can see why. Really annoys me. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, mate. Did you um? Did you get my uh, email about fronting your? Oh, uh, you want to be Day's the night? lead singer of a Scar Days Night? Um, yes, I did. Uh, I've got a couple yep. of people that I've got a couple of people that are ahead of you in the queue, and also, Trish, you might be rubbish. I could be, yeah. You could be rubbish. You see, this is the thing. A Scar Day's Night. It, there are rumours going around. A Scar Day, the Scar Day Nights, might be playing two or three songs. Uh, the Christmas performance ring on December the 11th. It's three months away, guys. I'm talking to Spencer and Matt, my bandmates now, right? They won't be listening, but... It's three months away, guys. We can get two to three songs ready in three months, can't we? Can't we? And then we've got Rubbing My Ribs is going to play the trumpet. Yep. Um, And then we're going to... I want, like, a... I want like a Buster Blood Vessel type character, not him, because I met him once and he was a bit obnoxious. But we want. Um, hey, where do I buy a pork pie hat from, Tris? Uh, oh, you can get them on like cheapo markets and stuff like that. Oh, I'll pop down to the cheapo market and get a pork pie hat then. That's what I want. I'll ask Ollie Moores if he's got any of his pork pie hats left. Yeah, he'll have one. He'll have, he'll have one, won't he? Ollie, how did... Oh, no, this show is supposed to be celebratory, so I won't diss Ollie Moore's. Isn't Ollie Moore's great? Isn't it great? Isn't it great, Tris, that we live in a world where people um, with limited talent can go on to have huge, successful pop and television presenting careers? There we go. I made, it, I made that into it's a positive. Fan- it's fantastic. I'm aware of him, um, but I, I couldn't tell you anything he, he's done. Why are people telling me about... Um, fish feed. People are saying you can fish feed and run a greenhouse by... They're saying by phone. First of all, A, 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 I'm not interested. And B, this isn't by phone. This is a little tube that you shout to. You say, Alexa, run me a bath. I don't care about um, the fish fisheries and, and, and greenhouses and people accusing me... Doesn't that take the whole joy out of having having a hobby, though? What, running a bath is a hobby? No, no, like like a fish tank or a greenhouse or something, running it on an app. People accusing me of stealing Howard Hughes' act as well, just because, listen, guys, spontaneous human combustion. If I want to talk about spooky shiz, I'm going to talk about spooky shiz. You can't, you can't copyright... Uh, hit the numbers now, you will get through. You can copyright that. Remind me to do that tomorrow, because I really want... Uh, I want to copyright that, and then when James O'Brien says it, I'm going to serve him a, no- a cease and desist. And if he does it again, I'll take him to court in your face. But you can't copyright spookiness. Paul Ross was doing it this morning as well. He was doing conspiracy theories this morning. Well, was where was he? Hey, hey well, well, don't listen to him. I just had him on the radio because well, I had you on last night. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, everybody reckons that um, I was because I've got this brilliant new book by Hunter Davis, who we will get to an interview one day. We'll we'll sort it out. Uh, but he's written this like um, the the Beatles book. It's kind of like an encyclopedia of Beatles knowledge. And of yeah. course, first thing I went to was Magic Alex. Second yeah. thing I went to was Jimmy Nickel, who's not in the book. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to question Hunter on that. Third okay. thing I went to was Paul is dead. 
and um, oh, yeah. <laughs> love all the Paul is dead stories. But I'm, now, I'm quite expert on this. But now everybody thinks that Hillary Clinton is dead. And that she's like Saddam Hussein and she's got like loads of doubles and stuff. Here's the thing, right? I have got absolutely, I cannot work this out, Tris, right? And people working on this radio station do it, right? People are slagging off Hillary Clinton for being ill. Yeah, I know. People are slagging, hang on a minute, right? She's a 68-year-old woman with pneumonia, right? Despite having pneumonia, she went to a 9-11 memorial and she does, someone was on Radio 4 today saying she does about five or six events in different cities a day. A day, right? And people have got the cheek to slag her off. What, what? For being a really strong w- woman, being a really strong human being who, despite being actually quite ill at a, a, a fair age, 68 ain't young, you know, it takes a bit longer to recover, despite being really ill, is still going to memorial events and telling people why they shouldn't vote for the fruitcake with the, the, the permatan, who's, uh, I think is actually going to win, but that's by the by. But people are accusing her of being weak and saying she should step down. Hang on a minute. Surely we should all be carrying our... Uh, we should be raising her aloft and saying this is an incredibly strong human being who, despite being really, really ill, is still attempting to make an impact in the world. I mean, out of the two candidates, she's she's a strange one to be attacking, isn't she? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both um, they're both you know, she's not. They're both not great candidates. Okay, right, fine. But um, but I, I don't. I do not understand why now it's become a health thing, and she is weak, and um, Trump is going to put out his health statistics. I will um, come out saying he's on statins because he's too far. He's on statins and he wants to lose twenty pounds. Well, why don't you come out and give us your tax returns that will, will <laughs> prove that you're not a billionaire? You're a millionaire, but you're not a billionaire, Donald Trump, like you say you are. But no, let's have a go at a sixty-eight-year-old who's got pneumonia for being weak, and that person should step down. But his whole argument of being a billionaire that makes that makes him the best candidate. He makes it sound like he's going to personally bail out the US from his own pocket every time something goes wrong. He ain't got the money. He's a crappy oh, businessman. Yeah. He's a terrible yeah. businessman. There was um there, there was a report that if he'd invested the money that his dad gave him just in like a, a you know a decent interest bank account, he'd have made more money than he's made from <laughs> business. Yeah. I well believe but it. But you can't you can't I I honestly I cannot understand, and people doing it on this station, I'm sat there going, why are you doing this, right? How can you have a go at someone for being weak when they've got pneumonia and they're still doing the job? You can't be, you can't be president because you had pneumonia once? Jog on, you slackers! I mean, genuinely, I think it's the uh, inherent sexism in the media, if we're getting serious. Uh, uh, do you know, I hadn't considered the sexism. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can I can dig that, you know, I can dig that. Re- references to how she looks and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. It's weird, man. She's she's a 68-year-old. And again, she- if you're going to slag off someone on how they look, yeah. you're getting the wrong candidate again, aren't Tris- you? Exactly. 
Thank you, Tris. So, sorry, we went off on a rant there and I've got to move on. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Honestly, I don't get it. And it's all over the media. It's all over the media. You know, she should stand down. She's, she is weak. Um, she should resign from the, how is she going to be able to be the president? What? She's got pneumonia, right? Which you can recover from. Ideally, she should have about three or four weeks off and some antibiotics. Um, but she can't because the election's in eight weeks time. So she is still going on. So surely we should be going, hey, do you know what? Even though Hillary Clinton is actually quite ill, and she's of an age, you know, 68, you know, it's not that old, but still, it's a little bit slower to recover. Um, isn't, she, isn't she strong? Isn't she a battler? That's the kind of person I'd like to have leading my country, please. Oh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So, um, number plates are big in the news today. They're on page three. Underneath, uh, well, there's this story of the, the, this muscly man, this Joe guy. You know this Joe guy, the muscly man with the beard? I met him. Right. I don't know who he is. He was on um, the Saturday show at Christmas when I was on, and everyone was like, who is this guy? He's like a, a fitness guru, a health and fitness guru called Joe. Joe Wicks. But where is he? where has he come from? He's not one of those people that's come from YouTube, is he? Um, Shippo Hippo on Twitter says... Uh, Hillary Clinton is responsible for untold Muslim deaths in the Middle East. Her psychopathy knows no bounds. Okay, right, fine, right. What's that got to do with anything I've just said, you utter prune? What's that got to do with anything I've just said? We still shouldn't be attacking her for being weak, should we? Just because she's ill. And you think, uh, you you, you think, um, what's his name, Trump is going to do any better? Jeez, the man is a psychopath. Millionaire fit... He's a millionaire flipping egg. Millionaire fitness sensation Joe Wicks and page three girl Rosie Jones, woo-woo, are today revealed as secret lovers after the pair tried to hide their romance. Romance, romance. Well... They've not hit it very well because they're posting pictures on Twitter from the same um, luxury secret island. It's almost as if um, it's almost as if um, it's almost as if they want us to know. Someone saying Wix got famous from Snapchat. I don't know what Snapchat is. The couple shared a series of identical holiday snaps from Richard Branson's paradise Necker Island without mentioning they were with each other. Wowzers. A source said, source said, we, we made up said, we made up said they've been trying to keep it quiet, which is why they kept each other out of their posts on social media. But they're on Necker as a couple. They've had a perfect first holiday together. Joe's been referring to it as a celebration week. Well, good for them. Good for them. I, I really hope they have some great sex. Some really young, beautiful, powerful sex. Um, And then um, when they split up, they get lots of money for the photographs. That's what I hope happens to them. That's the modern courting way, I think. That's how how relationships go these days, isn't it, Pablo? Um, I believe so. Thank you very much indeed. Hip, 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 Pablo. 
Um, how are you doing? You all right? Uh, you know, you know, I'm all right. I, I've cancelled a couple of things I've got next week, including I was given a talk at a radio, um, you know, I was talking, I mentioned this on the show, but I was given a talk next week at a radio thing, and I've cancelled it. Um, just, just because, Pablo, you know, sometimes, um, I'm quite bouncy today, but that's because I'm, um, I don't know why. Uh, but sometimes the world is, is flipping heavy. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Oh, tell me about it. It's partly for my, reason for my call. Oh, go on, man. What's going on with you? Well, it's, it's nothing to do with me, really. It's just the whole, the whole world in general. I've been, uh, I've had to step away from question time because Alistair Campbell's starting to annoy me slightly. Why is, why is it, why is Alistair, what's Alistair Campbell doing? Well, aside from the fact of, you know, I, I admire what he's done for mental health campaigns, etc. But uh, the man, I don't understand why he's still about. Oh, you could, uh, yeah. I mean, he's done a lot. He was, a, he was an alcoholic, and he suffered from depression. And he, and it's, yeah, it's, it's great. He's brought attention to that. It shows that even heartless bastards can suffer from depression. You know, I guess that that's what that that shows. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just this whole thing. He's, he's basically, obviously, I know, I know you don't like getting too political, um, but he's he's just on there with John McDonald, just arguing the whole standard thing at the minute with the whole how can Jeremy Corbyn win an election that's not not happened for another four years yet well, uh, but let's not give him the chance to actually do anything let's try and muddy the waters as he, much he, as well, possible well here's the thing right I like Jeremy Corbyn I think he's I think he's a player I think he's a geezer I think he's got a very strong vibe I do think though that he's gonna destroy the Labour Party and I, I respect, you know, I agree with a lot of the stuff that he says, and I, uh, you know, I agree with a lot of his attitude towards stuff, and I, I, I and I like his, uh, you know, I respect his conviction, and all of that stuff. But um, he is tearing him being in that position is tearing the Labour Party apart. Now that might, might be a healthy thing, you know, that might lead to, um, you, you know, when um, what was it, the, the, the SDP started you know which eventually became the lib dems which eventually um oh yeah there's four mps now but so it might be a healthy thing but it, it, it him being in charge of the labor party probably does mean that the, the the tories will will be in power for the next what two general elections yeah well i think my argument's always been the fact that i've, I've in no um illusion that he, he may potentially be in power by then but I, I just think it's kind of like just to to realign the labor party is an essential part and if he's not given the chance I, th- I think the issue with jeremy corbyn i think you said it's right is the fact that him being in power is the problem it's not necessarily him and his hold of power that's the problem it's the fact that he has you know got in kind of through the back door they didn't necessarily realize that it was going to happen the way it did he kind of got put on the mandate almost as a kind of uh, let's appease some of the uh, old left wingers mm. um which in itself is a joke in, in the labor party as far as i'm concerned um like trying to appease left wingers when it's a left-wing party but he gets in and but then it's not though know, is it it's not labor isn't really a left-wing party anymore well, and hasn't been like since Alistair Campbell. That's 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 the issue. But and then no, no, he's on question it... time arguing the point when it's he's the one who's kind of responsible for yeah. for politics going the oh. way where we don't believe a word anybody says. We just kind of just go on jingoisms and who who says the last word rather than who who's you know says the most important word. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I, I I could see myself voting for Jeremy Corbyn, but then I, I would I, I would count. That probably is a wasted vote. Yeah, I think the the biggest issue with him at the minute is I think Jeremy Corbyn, you know, he's 
you know, he, he's he's got his, uh, you know, he's a principled man, and I think if he was given the chance along the way, if it wasn't going that way, he would step down. I really think he would. But the fact that he's been hounded in the way that he has, it's got his back up. But, you know, he's got the whole kind of, you know, we won't be moved type of thing. You know, it's, and I think that's the way they've gone about it wrong. You know, essentially, as I've said, if he can't do the job, yeah. give him the rope to hang himself. You know, fair enough. But arguing about it, you know, five, well, now four years before, you know, the actual election... You just create the situation where he could never be elected. But know, I, I, I yeah, I know what you mean. But that, but uh, um, he's within his right to to say that. People are within their rights to say that. And no, but by going on TV and and saying right with Jeremy Corbyn in charge, we're going to lose the next general election. That um, that that it doesn't necessarily become a self fulfilling prophecy. You might lose the general election because of Jeremy Corbyn. You're not going to lose it though because Alistair Campbell's gone on telly and said you're going to lose it. Oh no, certainly. But I think it's it's one of those things that I'm, I'm not saying like give him a chance because you lose. I'm saying give him a chance and we'll see what happens. But it's the rhetoric right now is the fact that if he's in power, we will lose, and that's that's coming from people within his own party. Where surely you know he's been given the mandate, he's be, be able to, to be in charge of the party. You know, just if everybody thinks he's so terrible, just give him the chance, and then you know a year down the line but or what have you, in again. comes in comes the other Miller band, old uh, yeah. David. But, but he won't though because he won't stand. Even if he loses, he won't stand down, probably. And also, when he was a backbencher, he he was always voting against, you know, the the, the party line and the whip and stuff. So um, people rebelling within the Labour Party is a great Corbynite tradition, isn't it? Well, to a degree, but I, I think a lot of the times that he was rebelling in the... Well, a lot of the times that he's mentioned, he was either, it's generally mentioned in the distant past as, well, look at him, he stood up for his principles and he was right to look at it now, or it's a case of when the party was realigning to this kind of, you know, left left of centre, uh, uh, new Labour thing, which is pretty much, you know, kind of goes with his socialist background. So, uh, you know, I, I say just give him a crack. Do you know what, Pablo? I, I'm half hungry. I'm really, I'm sitting here, I'm really, 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 really flipping hungry. Really hungry. Well, I've got one midget gem, but I've, I've been saving it for myself. Dad, really. you have it. I'm not keen. Are those the little things with the icing on top? No, 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 they're um, ice gems. Ice gems. What's a midget gem, then? Midget gems is the um, the cow bone equivalent, the jelly type thing. Oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not. I'm very f- particular about my, the, the jelly sweets that I will eat. Jelly tots, beautiful. Fruit pastels, oh, yeah. Wine gums, yeah. not too many. Uh, jelly babies, no thank you. Well, have you tried the, um, the Haribo jelly babies? Oh. They're a different, different form of jelly baby, but I, I would say they're, they're possibly Haribo. better. You can't go, Haribo, Tangfastics, or oh, just saying the word Tangfastics and your mouth waters, and Percy Pigs. I like the eggy one's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pablo. Wowzers. Uh, John Ronson coming up in a little bit. Some of you may have heard the interview before. Some of you quite possibly haven't. It was in the very early days when no one was really listening to us. We were kind of just warming up uh, the engine to see where we would go. You can still call in, though. There's another half hour for you to call in. 0844 
499-1000. We call you back, guys. I'm Ian Lee. You're listening to Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio. Yeah. Um, 0844-499-1000. You've got another 30 minutes of calling in action. Hot calling in action. Guys, how could you say no to that? I'm Ian Lee. It's midnight. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. So number plates are um, oh dear, I guess enough of that. I've been seeing a lot of these number plates recently, with um, but, but personalised number plates. They cost they cost an absolute fortune. Don't I mean like thousands of pounds? You've got to be uh, celebratory, I th- and I think that's wonderful. <laughs> 
I'm trying to make the show celebratory because I'm in I'm in a really you know crappy mood, and it's it's easy to kind of to do the negative. So I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to you know bring the summer, man, and um and and be celebratory. And boy oh boy, those personalised number plates really do add a, a, a touch of glamour to uh, to the roads. Well, um, um, they've banned some number plates. And when you read them, you, you know, you've got to squint to make the numbers look like letters. Who thinks a four actually looks like an A? Um, three is an E. I can get that, you know. Drivers wanting an orgasm on their car. But it's orgasm spelled O-R-6-6. ASM and that, that doesn't really that doesn't really work what was the one I saw today I saw one and they they it just doesn't really or when they when you've got two i two ones or two eyes but they put they make the the dot the screw that holds the number plate on in between the eyes they make it black so it looks like an h that's got to be illegal hey is it true do you remember when um, the congestion charge started? Do you remember that when it started? Flipping it. And um, there was a rumour going around that if you rubbed Vaseline all over your number plate, the cameras couldn't read it. And if it's on the number plate, well, it's only an inch down to the exhaust. Wallop. No! Um, some people do. Um, is, that, is that true? If you rub rubbed va- that can't, that can't, that can't be true. That can't be... Vaseline on a number plate means you can't read it? No. Well, you try it for me and let me know. Drivers wanting an or 66 ASM on their car... Oh, here we go. ...will be frustrated after officials banned the racy licence plate. Well, first of all, it's not racy. Secondly, it's not a licence plate. We're not in America. Others... Oh, so what they've done is, right, it's 66... Where it can be, well, in here it's either um, double B or double G. Okay, so let's let's try and guess. It's going to be a little bit blue. The next next two minutes are going to be blue, guys. So if you've got kids um, and they're up at seven minutes past twelve, you're a bad parent, and someone should be notifying the social services. But it's great to have you on board. Others, black. If my niece and nephew are listening in New Zealand, um, well, your mother's said much worse than this. Others blacklisted in the 66 series of plates issued this month include... Uh, okay, right. Okay. Doggers. Unlucky. Buggers. Gobble. And mugger. Now, what, well... Um, exclusive private number plates can cost hundreds of thousands of pounds but the D- dvla can the squares at the dvla can ban any that might cause offense in the one six series early this year it banned now this is this is outright this is outrageous you can't ban this b16 nob big knob now this one doesn't work so this is a number plate that got banned, right? B one six, S L G. So it's big sloop. I know it's supposed to be, sl- but I mean, it- Jake Smith of Plate Broker. What the heck? They made a job up. They made a job out of this called Plate Broker. 
said, We're sure that some jokers would like to get their hands on a few of the options that are prohibited. No one has ever actually said that sentence. Oh, there's a new time travel show. Oh, I'll have some of that. We're sure that some jokers would like to get their hands on a few of the options that are prohibited. Well, I mean, really? Hey, big news. It could be the end, guys. 0844 It could be the end of status quo. No! I've seen status quo in concert. The, the driver of one of them was a little bloke called Andrew. I don't know how I remember his name. Um, and he would he was he used to phone up the show, um, and he said, oh, "I'll get your tickets to go and see Status Quo." I was like, oh, "Do you know what? Actually, that'd be a laugh." It, it was a laugh, but it went on for about three hours. Now, I, I, early Quo, um, they did Matchstick Men, didn't? No, no, they did. Um, what's the Quo song from the sixties that goes? Oh, someone phone him. There's a Quo song from the 60s, and it's a really good song. <laughs> Why is it? Someone, someone, look, let me click refresh on Twitter. No. Come on, someone tell me. Oh, come on, guys. Someone, someone on Twitter. Just, I'm, cl- I'm going to keep clicking refresh until someone tells me. And it's actually, it's a spot-on impression of um, the song, and I cannot think what the flipping egg it's called. And all of you on Twitter um, won't tell me. Oh, jeez, I'm going to have to go on. I'm going to have to Google it. Well, the, what's the point of having a phone in? No, I'm not singing SOS by ABBA. That song you're singing is SOS by ABBA. All Quo songs sound the same. No, you're wrong. Early Quo, they were like a psychedelic rock band. They did a song that went... um, They didn't do Matchstick Men, did they? Oh, I'm getting so confused. Hang on. Quo. Maybe they did. Hang on a second. Hang on a minute. Here we go. 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 This is it. So remember this, right? And we're even doing the effect of it. Here we go. Here it comes. Here it comes. This. Come on. That's it. I'm even doing... This is great. Listen. This is the quo. Listen. Beautiful!
<laughs> they did. They did another song. Um, um, ah, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. This is, this is listen to this. This is the quote. We're having a quote. <laughs> It's a little bit rubbish, that one. But um, the early one was good, wasn't it? Um, and, I, and I quite... I, you go and see them. I, an hour and a half, I could sit through. Three, it went on for three hours. Anyway, the quote might be um, over. You know, and I think I can say this without fear of being um, taken to court. I think I can. Um, you know, remember Live Aid? Um, a lot of the performers were on cocaine then. These guys... These guys, these guys were, these guys were supplying it to everyone. Rick Parfit has done more cocaine. He's had like triple bypasses and double bypasses, and he's done everything. He's on cocaine now. hasn't been for a long, 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 long time, but massive. He's he famously, I think it's 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 either it's either Rick or, or Francis. I think it's Rick. Famously, can can put a, a handkerchief up his nose and pull it out the other nostril because there's a massive hole. There's a massive hole because of cocaine. It wears. You know, yeah, hey, whoa, great fun, yeah. But it's wearing away your nasal cavities, guys. Drugs are really bad for your teeth. Did you know that? Um, If you take too many drugs, your teeth fall out. If you see people without teeth, you go, ah, heroin. Or old. Status quo guitarist Rick Parfit. And so I, I like the quote. I've got a soft spot for the quo, and I think that the fact that they're still um, rocking all over the world is a great song, right? That's a great song. Who who originally did it? Who originally did it? Shall I play the original? Hang on a second. Um, the, the original is rubbish. Uh, is is rubbish when compared to the status quo version. Um, here we go. Here we go. Listen to this. I oh, know. Hang on a minute. That might be that one might be all right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh dear me! Bear with me, guys. No, that one might be all right as well. This one. Listen. Listen to this rubbish. This is the original. Credence, Credence Clearwater Revival, doing a stinky version, and the quo turned it into a wonderful hit. Status quo guitarist Rick Parfit may never perform with the band live again after a near-fatal heart attack he revealed last night. We'll reveal more after this. Late night, Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Sork Radio. We have ways of making you talk. It says here... That um, Francis Rossi, uh, Francis Rossi was a big cokehead as well. He spent uh, his cocaine habit at its peak, cost him fifteen hundred pounds a week. Is that all? Status quo guitarist Rick Parfit may never perform with the band live again after a near fatal heart attack. He revealed last night. The former hell-raising rocker yesterday told how he died for three and a half minutes after his heart stopped in a cardiac arrest while touring Turkey. While the 67-year-old has recovered well, he's been left with mild cognitive impairments and is far from being fit enough to join the band's last night of the Electrics tour of Europe starting next month. At Christmas, his doctor will tell him whether he is fit enough to play hits again. 
including rocking all over the world. <laughs> I know what his hits are! I know what his hits are! Didn't know what the first one was. It was Matchstick Men. Um, and while Parfit is bullish about his recovery, his management said yesterday he may well have performed his last show with Quo. Can we get, let's, I don't know how we, can we get Quo on the show? Let's get Quo on the show, because they're one of those bands. I mean, listen to these stats, right? 106 appearances on Top of the Pops, more than any other group, right? Four, I'm sniffing now, because we're talking about cocaine, isn't it? See, it's contagious. 415 weeks in the UK singles chart. Flipping it! They've sold 120 million albums. That's not to be sniffed at. Although that's why they did sniff at it. Um, 65 songs in the charts, more than any other band. Uh, 6,000 live shows to a total audience in excess of 25 million. Um, you can I mean, and, and Quo have become a joke, but I, I think Quo have come out the other side of the joke, haven't they? Or... or They've become aware of the joke and, and, and they embrace it as well. I do want to watch that film. Was it called Viva Quo? They made a movie, uh, like in the last five years, where they play status quo and don't they get chased by mobsters or something? Is that what happens in it? Someone's telling me Francis... Oh, you're right, yes. Francis Rossi's septum fell out in a shower. You like, you like that one, Kath? <laughs> This is what they should do, right, to, to stop, you know, to warn people of, of um, like, you know, cocaine is a very, very unpleasant drug. It's a very nasty drug, OK? And it, 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 at the very least, it just makes people really boring. <laughs> if you've ever been talking to people who are coked up, oh, gosh, can I speak? No, I, I've spoken and you're not listening. OK, I'm going now. Bye. It's so. And another thing. And what I want to do is. <laughs> but they should just get. um. Uh, uh, Francis Rossi to to um, pull a, 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 a handkerchief through his nose. Well, that, that might actually make it look cool. Let's get the quo on the show. His departure would mean he and bandmate Francis Rossi, 67, falling short of just marking the 50th anniversary of their first hit. But Parfit says he's determined to see his eight-year-old twins grow up. Uh, he says, I've let the fans and the band down because quo's not quo without me. Um... Uh, Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Parfit? So the other one? No, that one. Who estimates he spent £1 million on drugs. Once threw the contents of his dining room into a pool while on cocaine. Once surrounded by groupies, Parfit... Once surrounded by groupies, I see. I wonder where that story was going. I read the comma in the wrong place. Once surrounded by groupies, Parfit has been married three times and has two sons from a past relationship. He said it felt weird watching Status Quo play at Hyde Park on TV on Sunday without him and made him realise a large chunk of his life is missing. Well, a large chunk of um, Rossi's nose is missing. So, you know, we, you, you, you win some, you lose some. I, li- I, do, I do like the Quo. Uh, you know, I, you're in the army now. Whoa, whoa, you're in the army now. Whoa, whoa, On the same page on the Daily Mail, um, 
Guardian journalist's C-word on Radio 4 at 11.15 in the morning. Radio 4 is the smuttiest, most potty-mouthed radio station of the lot of them. I was listening to a play. I don't really like the plays on there, though there have been some good ones recently, actually. I think they've got a new head of drama on there because they've had some decent plays. But I was listening to one the other day, and about half past two, it was S, the S-bomb, and uh, I think there was an F in there as well. They've only just recovered from the drama of Helen's trial in the Archers, but BBC Radio 4 listeners got another shock yesterday when they heard the C-word before lunchtime. It was read out by Guardian journalist Gary Young during a programme about the effects of the Brexit vote on Poles living in the UK. Mr Young interviewed an Eastern European worker who told of finding graffiti at his factory just before the June 23rd referendum. After being shown a picture of the... <laughs> After being shown a picture of the scene on the man's phone, Mr Young read out the graffiti. Vote out, EU. Come on, England, get the seas out. He said it, though. He said it. He actually said it. Um, the programme was not being broadcast live and was instead pre-recorded meaning editors had the opportunity to bleep out the offending word, but didn't. Wow. I mean, of all the words in all the town, you had to go and say that one. That's just crazy. I mean, uh, we, 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 we let Category C's and B's out on this. We let Category C's out on this show. A B would get, you know, uh, a slap on the wrist, and an A would, 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 would get a dump. And an apology, just to be sure. But no one in their right mind, even on TV, you can't, you have to, I, I think you do. I know you had to, unless they've changed it. If there was a C word in a television show, they had to give out a special warning before the show. So if it was like lots of F's and S's, they would say, and tonight's show contains strong language. But if it, if it had a C bomb in it, it would say something like, and to, um, viewers should be warned that tonight's show contains extra strong language, extra strong. I know, because we had a C-bomb on the 11 o'clock show that, uh, and, and, and the producers didn't tell Channel 4. And they went nuts. Despite a brief warning before the show and another from Mr Young during the show, many listeners were shocked. How do we know they were shocked? They went on Twitter or Facebook. Thomas Pinches. <laughs> That's his name. That's actually his name. Thomas Pinches wrote on Facebook, Whoa! Radio 4 just dropped the C-bomb at 11.15! Whoa there, Mr Pinches. There is no official watershed on the radio as there is on TV. Aye. Though BBC guidelines state the use of strong language depends less on time of day than on editorial merits and signposting of programme content. That would have been a tough one to explain to the kids in the car, wouldn't it? That would have been, that would have been a tough one. What was I watching the other day? And there was, oh, uh, 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 I took the boys see the bare naked ladies. There was, there was, you know, uh, the S bomb was dropped a few times. They were rock and roll band guys. Of course, they're going to do that. Luckily, the boys didn't pick up on it. Otherwise, I'd have been in dead trouble. But if the C bomb in the car, 
a BBC spokesman said, this is a documentary exploring the impact. What, what I, I can tell you now, whatever their justification is, it ain't, it's wrong. It's wrong. You shouldn't have the C word at 11.15. I don't think you should have it on the radio at all, but this is a documentary exploring the impact of the Brexit vote on Eastern Europeans in the UK and doesn't shy away from reflecting the reality faced by some of them. Radio 4 has an adult audience and warnings of strong language were broadcast before and during the programme. The incident follows... Oh, here we go. Now, now here comes the attack on the BBC. The incident follows use of the C-word in historical drama Wolf Hall, broadcast on BBC Two last year. Regulator Ofcom received multiple multiple complaints over the strong language. Uh, well, the fact... I, I'm guessing those complaints weren't upheld because it doesn't say the complaints were upheld. A complaint to Ofcom, don't do it, but it doesn't mean anything. A complaint to Ofcom means nothing unless it's upheld. So saying, well, yeah, there were loads of complaints made to Ofcom. Okay, were they upheld? Well, I don't know. Ofcom don't make their findings public. Yes, they do. Could you go and have a look, please, to see if the complaint... Because if the complaint was upheld, eh, you got an issue. Hang on a minute. Going back to the quote. Rick Parfit has got a pension that pays just 600 quid a month. Sorry? <laughs> what? Uh, he also hopes he has a recording with a pension paying just 600 pounds a month. He's under pressure to keep earning to support his children. Oh, he's, he's got um, ex-wives, isn't he? That's, that's why. Oh, yeah. I, my, I can't pay any more pensions. It's only 600 quid a month. Yo, hang on. You're in status quo. Yeah, I know, but the pension, so probably going to have to leave it there. In it. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Um, Um, So anyway, when uh, we first started here at Talk Radio, all those months ago, uh, we got loads of really exciting guests in, and really cool guests, and and, and um, who do we have? John Sebastian and all kinds of people, and um, Roger McGuinn. He was a bit dry, if I'm completely honest. That was an awkward interview. Anyway, uh, we thought we might play one or two of them again, just because a lot of you won't have heard them. So indulge me. Uh, th- this interview is uh, we did in April. It is with the brilliant John Ronson. Oh, and the thing that's been bugging me about the whole interview for all this time is I never I never really set it up as to who he was. So, John Ronson worked with Frank Sidebottom. He's also written some brilliant books, including um, Them, uh, The Psychopath Test. He's just, your book came out, I guess, last year. Uh, so You've Been Publicly Shamed. Um, and he's, he wrote uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats, which was turned into a movie with um, George Clooney in, I think. And he also wrote Frank, the movie, which isn't really about Frank Sidebottom. Anyway, I'm a huge fan, and... Uh, here is me talking to John Ronson. Calais Carmen and Domingo Dancing for French cameras Picking up her fat white eyes She looks at me and suddenly There's water in my eyes Sings a smoke and all your dirt Makes me think of you sometimes Lying on my own with water in 
It's the best song you've never heard. Uh, and why are we playing this before John Ronson comes on? Well, uh, John Ronson's on the line from New York. Hi, John. How are you doing? Hey, Ian. How are you? I'm, I'm really pleased to talk to you. We'll, don't worry. We'll let you go. So I know you've got to go and pick up your wife from, from something. <laughs> Not so but I tell you what, go, listening, hearing that song just now was so great. If only we could have got that song played on the radio. <laughs> Back in the day when the man from Del Monte could have been big stars. They almost were. The man from Del Monte were one of those, they were kind of one of those also ran, run bands. They were big mm-hmm. in the indie charts. They were big, they were bigger than Pulp for a while. Yeah, you know, we, we, we used to play shows in Manchester where we were being supported by the Inspiral Carpet at 808 Staten. <laughs> Uh, and we, yeah, we we were on the cusp of greatness, and I think I, I don't need to tell you listeners because every single listener who just heard that bit of water in my eyes would agree with me that it's like a great song. Oh yeah. And it saddens me and mystifies me to this day because I believe in in a meritocratic society where good people are rewarded. <laughs> yet Manfred Del Monte was never rewarded for for being so great. You you were their manager, and I was me and my friend. We discovered that me and my friend Malcolm Richmond. We discovered them, and they were our band, right? And we loved them, and we would always we, we lived in Slough. We'd travel up to London to go and see them. We had all the the vinyl. We I've still got them in a box somewhere, and all the, all of the stuff that came out. And it never. You were their manager. How did how did you end up managing a band? Um, I saw them in London. It was like a Damascus moment. So I was the I was the social secretary of the Polytechnic of Central London, which is also how I ended up joining Frank Sidebottom's band. And and so I, I was just I was shadowing my predecessor, and I was at a sound check, and the Manfred Del Monte were playing, and I just thought this this band is going to be is going to be huge and i want to be in on it (laughs) i mean in a way i'm quite glad it never happened because i would have spent my life in the music business which would have been so depressing but um uh but i i just thought this band's going to be massive and and lots of other people did too it wasn't just you um the band james like were big champions of the man for del monte and and you know there was a moment where because i tell you what i think the problem was um well, A, I was a terrible manager. I kind of managed them into the ground. And, and B, there was a kind of class thing. Like, the band was perceived to be sort of middle class, um, oh. even though, I mean, they weren't, but yeah. they were perceived to be middle class. And it was just at the time when the Stone Roses and Happy Mondays yeah. and, and all of that lot, who were, you know, very much kind of working class bands, came up. And, and any any group perceived to be kind of middle class had to, like... Um, you know, change fast or die, and we died. But they, I, I remember they were on the, the a video for, it was either that or um, Louise was on, um, was on the chart show, and it, we got very excited. Yeah, yeah, we made it to the chart show. We made it to, like, a few things. We played in Barcelona with the Darling Birds. Wow. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and I, I met I, I met you. I met you, and I think I've mentioned this before. Um, backstage when they were playing at the uh, the Marquee, and I was a very drunk fifteen or sixteen year old, very very drunk. And you had a monkeys T shirt on. Of course, I'm obsessed with the monkeys, and uh, uh, and I remember. I, I think I was probably quite gobby, so I probably owe you an apology. <laughs> it's fine. You're good. forgiven. Good. So, good to say, I'd do anything to to 
get the Muppet I wanted to have some kind of renaissance because they were <laughs> they were so great. I'm always Maybe banging on about them. the moment. Maybe this was the tipping point. Are you playing water in my eyes just now? <laughs> That's it. We can let it go. Uh, and the yeah. reason we saw them is because we came to see Frank Sidebottom at what what was London Central Poly. Um, and uh, it was uh, again. I, I was obsessed with Frank, and Frank was one of those things, one of those those acts, those turns that was that that divided people. My sister, who's listening now in New Zealand, hated him, didn't get it at yeah. all, and just thought it was childish and ridiculous. Whereas you know the people in the know thought he was a genius. Well, he was a genius, I think. He was a genius. He really was. Um, there was a kind of strange, surreal genius to what he did, and I think you'd only. Like, at its, I, I was lucky enough to be in Frank Sidebottom's band. I think at, at his kind of height, yeah. where um, you know we were we were quite terrible, but we were terrible in this really endearing <laughs> way. Um, people, yeah, people fell in love with us. We were playing in front of like crowds of two thousand and. Uh, and, and then I think what the problem was, uh, was that Frank Chris, who, who was like underneath Frank's head, yeah. decided to make the band more mainstream, thought we can't carry on just being terrible. So taught us all to play properly. And, and we kind of jumped the shark and that's what killed us. And, and, but I was there just before all of that happened when, when we were kind of sort of weird, shambolic, Oddness. I mean, I, I, maybe some people listening don't don't know what we're talking about with Frank Sidebottom. Well, um, it's it's hard. To, well, it's it's hard to describe beyond it was um, a, a brilliant songwriter hiding behind a giant paper mache head and yeah. h- pretending that he wasn't a brilliant songwriter. Yeah, and also we did lots of cover versions. We'd always did cover versions of, of slightly pompous songs, um, and, and which Frank would then do in this kind of plinkety plonk way. So, so we we would reduce great pompous anthems to kind of stupid parochial songs about living in Timperley in Manchester. And yeah, and and throughout it all, he wore a big fake head that he never took off. And and I tell you what, Ian, nothing makes a young man feel more alive than cruising up the motorway at two o'clock in the morning sitting next to a man wearing a big fake head. Because uh, sometimes he would keep the head on for like hours and hours, even when, when he wasn't on stage. And he was Frank. You couldn't call him Chris when he wore the head. He wouldn't respond. You had to call him Frank. And yeah, so suddenly at like the age of 19, I felt like Alice through the looking glass. I'd be in like a van at three o'clock in the morning cruising up the motorway next to a man wearing a big fake head. Did you? I'm, I'm sure you must have done. I, I, done. I had a couple of times the, the pleasure of, of hearing Frank Sidebottom swear. Very drunk Frank Sidebottom swearing. <laughs> I don't remember Frank being drunk. I certainly remember Chris being drunk. Oh, the, the wayward side. The last gig, I, the last gig I did with him, it was um, at the Hundred Club, and they're only about as they're often were. Unfortunately, there were about forty people there, and I was <laughs> comparing. And Chris yeah. was steaming drunk. I mean, steaming, and he was he was being so charming though. He was hilarious yeah. backstage, playing like blues songs and stuff. And he right. went out as Frank, and he was meant to do twenty minutes. Forty-five minutes later. The, the the promoter said, you've got to get him off because I've got to close up. So I had to go on, and it was wonderful. It was such a good performance. And, and he said, all right, sorry, boss. Yeah, okay, well, I'm just going to go and sit at the edge of the stage and sell badges. And he did. And it was joyous to watch. Is you know, my favourite Frank gig was, uh, it was at JB's and Dudley, and there was about 20 people in the audience, and 
And at one point during the show, one of them got out a ball and the audience <laughs> split into two teams and completely ignoring us, started to play a game of football. And every so often the ball would like go up onto the stage and one of us would, you know, considerately kick it back while we carried on playing. And at the end of the show, uh, we went backstage and Frank, the, I remember our bass player was seething because he was quite <laughs> amused though. So he was seething. And Frank, he, he took off the head and Chris went... Best show we ever played. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And there's not, there aren't, I mean, I don't go to comedy clubs anymore. Seeing 10 stand ups in a row, I, I can't think of anything more tedious. Yeah. But there aren't any more turns like that. You know, that are, I mean, I know Frank was unique, but also in the, the 80s, there were kind of these, these variety acts that would, I remember seeing a guy called Jimbo, who was this old guy. I don't know if he, he must be dead now. And he would do an act pretty much to silence. And the last three or four minutes was him stood there, just saying nothing, letting it sink in that he'd, he'd failed. And he'd, he'd put on his jacket very slowly, pick up his bag, and he'd just walk out of the venue. And it was, it was so delightful. And there's nothing like that, I don't think. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are acts like that still, but I'm slightly behind. But yeah, I mean, back in the day, there was Malcolm Hardy, yep. who would urinate on the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Lynham, who, who's, who's... Oh, um, Chris Lynham! Chris Lynham! Him, his, his act would, yep. um, would climax in him sticking a firework yep, yep. in his ass and lighting it. <laughs> uh, and then there was that great musical act like John Otway and Wild Willie Barrett, who were kind of quite similar to Frank Sidebottom in, yeah. in their way. Um, yeah, these are great times. These these are certainly for me my my formative years. The like I I I just left Cardiff where everything was was boring in my life, and I and I was in a world of those people. I'll go back in a bit, but the the film Frank was 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 um well, it was a massive success, wasn't it? Well, I mean, or not, was it not? <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't the sex the success that that the guy who directed its next film was because he then made uh, Room, which got nominated for all those uh, Oscars. Yes. So yes. I, I sometimes worry that Frank is going to be like a footnote in Room's history. <laughs> but but I really, I really, I mean, you know, people like, like last night I was walking down the street in New York and somebody came up to me and like in the darkness and recognised me and said Frank was his favourite film. Wow. So there are people out there who feel that way, and it was certainly kind of beloved by, by critics. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah. Were you surprised? Because there was a little bit of a backlash from Sidebottom fans who went, yeah, but hang on, he's got an American accent. Because it wasn't actually about Frank Sidebottom, was it? Just looked no, like him. And, and you know what? I mean, to be completely honest, uh, if there'd been more of a backlash, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. Because... You know, it was a kind of it was a it was a gamble. What what happened with the movie that we took? You know, this kind of fantastic real life beloved person, Frank Sidebottom, with I should say with Chris's blessing. This is yeah. with Chris's blessing, and and kind of amalgamated him with other outsider artists like Daniel Johnston, who's you know great um, bipolar singer songwriter, yeah. and Captain Beefheart, and we kind of created this kind of fictional outsider artist who was a bit of all of these. People, so I can understand why um, you know hardcore side bottom fans might might have seen that as a as a betrayal. But you know what really what made me very happy when when we were writing Frank was realizing that there was this documentary being Frank was yeah. also going to be made, and so I thought, well, that's okay. Like if if people want the Frank side bottom story, they'll they'll get being yeah. Frank, and if people want this kind of you know sort of dream type weird surreal sort of dreamscape of a movie then then they can see our movie and and the two things can can live 
altogether fine. So, I, so I think most people were, were fine with it. You know, obviously a couple of people you know felt it, it, it should be more about France yeah of course but it's stunning yeah. for those who've not seen it it's stunning and, and i think it's, it's wonderful and in, funnily enough i was talking to steve sullivan who's doing the being frank documentary we we're emailing each mm. other today he's got it down now to a, 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 a nifty 11 hours 18 minutes <laughs> he's gotta sort himself out <laughs> i've been saying this to them for years just finish it I God, kill, kill your babies and just finish it Guys, if you do nothing else, go, go and buy the Man From Del Monte CD. Honestly, I, I love it. I love it. I'm going to be listening to this on the way home. John Ronson's on the line. John, thank you very much indeed. I really appreciate that. You're, you're very approachable, aren't you? I've been to a couple of your talks and stuff, and you kind of make a point of sort of being there so that people can come and say hello and stuff. Is that? Do you find that a bit intimidating? Uh, not intimidating. I mean, I spend most of my life, like all writers, I spend most of my life completely alone. So, so you know, my real life is being totally alone in a room. So it's nice once in a while if I'm going off to do a talk to, you know, put in the extra couple of hours at the end of it to, to meet everybody. Now, I, I saw you uh, recently, you were doing a week of shows at the Soho Theatre, and it was such a joy to see you and Louis Theroux um, oh, you talking. heard that one. That was a lovely one. I it thought. was a lovely one. There was, yeah. at the, the first 20 minutes, there hmm. did feel a little bit like you were kind of sussing each other out. I, I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea how well you know Louis at all, but it, it, it felt a little bit, uh, you, you were both a little bit unsure. Yeah, well, we used to always be compared to each other for years and years, um, like throughout the 90s. Like, I couldn't read any article about anything that I did without being compared to Louis. Louis, sometimes, there'd be articles written about him which didn't, <laughs> where he wasn't compared to me, which just made me even more annoyed. Um, and then, um, uh, so there was definitely some competitiveness and... To the extent that I think a little bit of hostility grew between us, which wouldn't have right. happened if, if we weren't being compared to each other all the time. Um, I used to joke on stage that we were like kind of conjoined twins and that for one of us to grow stronger, the other must die. <laughs> and, uh, and I've never done anything with Louis after all of these years. And, and so then I, I, I decided to do like five nights at the Leicester Square Theatre and I thought, wouldn't it be great to just have, you know, have one of the nights is just a conversation between me and him. And, and so, yeah, I suppose there was a, a slight wariness at the beginning, but, but not for long. Right? It ended off everyone moving. Oh, it, was, nice. it, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was a joy. You're right, it was Leicester Square, not so. And it, and it was a joy to watch, you know, and it was, it was very, it was interesting because you, you, are, you are similar in styles. I also think you're similar to um, um, uh, Nick, um, my, why has my mind gone blank? Broomfield. Broomfield, yeah, the three of you. There's, when I say similar, I don't mean, you know, identical, but that you have similarities, the three of you. I think, I think there's differences too, though. I think Louis is more interested in being kind of confrontational yeah. than I am. Um, like, I don't want to be confrontational with people because I don't really want to see myself as a kind of representative of normal or righteous society, because I think that brings with it its own problems. So I'm much more interested in kind of being entirely empathetic. And, and this, I, 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 I love Louis' stuff, and in fact I watched a whole bunch of things I hadn't seen before in preparation for that Leicester Square mm. show, and I really admired like you know, what he did, especially his film about the Westboro Baptist Church, yeah. which I think is absolutely brilliant, like so empathetic. So I think when Louis does, does that, that's what I love the most, is when he, he, he kind of issues um, you know, confrontation and instead just goes for, for empathy. 
Um, but that, but I'm biased because that's what I like to do. You, sh- they, you showed. A, I can't wait for his Scientologist um, uh, documentary to come out if it mm. ever does. But you showed an interesting clip where he ends up kind of shouting at a, a Scientologist, which is kind of unusual for him and for anyone in that position. Yeah, very brave. So basically the Scientologists are kind of filming him, so he starts filming them, and they end up just kind of shouting at each other. And, and yeah, when I did, I, I spent time with the Scientologists for the psychopath test, and, and I made the decision to not be at all confrontational with them, to see what would happen in that situation, and, you know, what would happen if I'm if I'm kind of with them and I'm not out to, to get them. And, and actually, amazing things happened. They got me into Broadmoor yeah. to meet this guy, Tony, who, who claimed he'd faked madness to escape a prison sentence. And none of that would have happened if I hadn't been nice to the Scientologists. And, yeah. and But, however, you know, Louis got something really interesting in, in sort of prodding the Scientologists. So, so both, I think both approaches get something interesting, but... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of happy with, with my approach. How did it happen? How did you go from, you know, being the keyboardist in Frank's band and, and managing a band and to, to making documentaries for the TV and then make, writing books and then writing screenplays? It, it seems that I'm missing the, the, the link, the bit in the middle. Actually, I do know what the link is. It was this magazine in Manchester called City Life. Right. And lots of members of um, the Manfred del Monte, as well as Mark Commode, and, and, you know, everybody, they all kind of gravitated towards City Life because it was the only way we could earn any money because there wasn't any money in indie music or papier-mâché heads at the time. <laughs> yeah. Not that there was that much money in right, for City Life. You get, like, 40 quid for interviewing a movie star. Um, so I started writing for City Life, and it just became obvious that I was better at that I was better at that than I was at being in a band or managing a band and and uh, uh, it came naturally to me so I sent some city life stuff down to London and that got me work with the Guardian and then that got me like a column at Time Out and then that got me a TV show and then I started directing documentaries and that led to the book yeah. and so on what and how yeah. do you how do you do you come up with what your next book is going to be do you kind of have a you know three o'clock in the morning you wake up and go ah i'm going to do psychopaths or ah i'm going to do shaming or is it you're just kind of investigating and things sort of come together yeah I, you know i always remember adam curtis who's like my kind of mentor the documentary maker always said to me like said to me don't go for themes go for stories just do stories and something will emerge so that's what i that's what i do now i just sort of look for interesting stories in in the hope that some kind of eureka moment will will emerge um so it's never like with one exception actually when i was doing the the many steric goats that Mm. was kind of deliberate like i wanted to write about irrational thought in powerful places and then i just spent ages looking for an appropriate story that would be about that yeah. and I, I ended up with the minister goats but most of the time now i'm off i'm doing stories and i'm meeting people and finally like i think oh that's interesting i never thought of that i always want i always want some kind of mystery um it could either be like a specific mystery so that the dogs are barking <laughs> it could either be like a specific mystery yeah. i hope it's not an intruder oh gosh no don't yeah I know. It's New um, York, it could be. No, no, don't. I'm not even going to play that game, because I know yeah. you get worried about that. No. Yeah, I do. Um, so, or, or just me not understanding, like, something about how the world works. Like, why... So that was with my most recent book about public shaming, so you've been publicly shamed. Like, I, I didn't understand why we were acting on social media in a, in, 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 
kind of increasingly cruel ways. And so I, that was the mystery I wanted to solve. And then with the psychopath test, the mystery was, you know, is it true what psychiatrists say that psychopaths rule the world? Like, that's such a huge thought. Mm. And, and when I really don't know the answer to a question, that's what sort of leads me to go off and try and solve the mystery. You're off Twitter now. If I didn't, if I wasn't working on a brand new radio station with hardly any listeners, you know, you, you know, startup station, a new show, I, w- I would love to get rid of Twitter because I hate it. I think it brings out the worst in other people. It brings out the worst in me. And reading the, um, the, the your Shane book, I am really trying to uh, monitor my behaviour on Twitter. But I find myself saying things and retweeting things that actually I wouldn't want to say or do. Twitter's a weird place, isn't it? It is weird. It's, it's because, you know, at the heart of a lot of the shamings that people like us get involved in is a kind of righteousness. You know, yeah. we, we're, we're good, liberal, compassionate people. We want to end racism. We want to end misogyny. We want to end, like, systemic failings and so on. And then you see somebody who is perceived to have kind of transgressed in those ways. And, and good, good people are going for that person, so we go for that person too, and then it kind of escalates and escalates and escalates, and the next thing you know, we're, we're disproportionately punishing somebody who didn't really do that much wrong. Mm. We're making that person unresponsible for some kind of systemic failing, and then we ruin them, and we get them mm. fired, because everybody's terrified of social media, so if we call for somebody to be fired, they get fired. And then quite, what often happens is the next day, we find out that the information was all wrong, and that person didn't do anything wrong at all and and now they're in tatters over and over again it happens yeah it does and i and i I mean it it, it seems to bring out the some people are doing it for righteousness but also it brings out it brings out our souls as well to be completely honest doesn't it yeah like like awful kind of hipsters who just don't care about anything they're just you know interested in the kind of joy of doing it um i mean it's just like yeah i mean i noticed it the other day um with gay talese i mean he was um, you know, the, the great, you know, legendary journalist Gay Talese yeah. was reported as saying some kind of really hoary old, you know, misogynistic nonsense. And so he was, you know, people just went for him in, in you know, very hurtful ways. And then, you know, two days later, it turns out that he was, you know, misquoted. And, yeah. and his transgression was nowhere near as bad as the way it was reported on Twitter, which is, you know, like the world's worst information swapping service. <laughs> we're constantly getting stuff wrong. Um yeah, it happens every single day. I mean, I, I'm I'm sick of it. You know, I'm you know today it's happening to Stephen Fry, who who did you know say something or or is quoted as saying something pretty unwise today. But you know, day after day after day, and, and all of yeah. this is creating. You know what what people don't understand, I think, is that sh- um, shamings are always about something more than the transgression. There's the transgression, but there's also the reason why all these disparate groups, you know leap on somebody and tear them apart and then there's what what is this doing to the world and what it's doing is creating this frightened conservative conformist society where everybody's thinking twice before they write something and you know all the initial joy of the sort of curiousness of of twitter Mm. has gone out the window oh i think it's it's just Fear. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's an unpleasant place, but I I, I got to, I get to speak to um, members of the monkeys through it, so that I, so that I quite like it for. But the rest of it is pretty poor. Um, John, very quickly, are you allowed to tell us what you're working on now? Is it hush hush or are you? Are you... Um, well, I'll tell you in the kind of broadest way. I'm, I'm I'm working on a really interesting project about sex. Oh well. Um, 
but I don't want to say anything more about what it what it is. Okay. But it's really good. Yeah. I, I mean, right now it's it's really good. I mean, who knows how it's going to be in a few months' time? But yeah. I, I, I'm really excited about it. It's so nice to talk to you, John, and thank you so much for coming on. And uh, you've, the few times we met, you've always been so charming to me. So thank you very much. Oh, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you for for being charming too. Thank you, mate. JohnRonson.com if you want to go and find out more. John, thank you very much indeed. Go and pick up your wife. Uh, JohnRonson.com. Um, just any of his books are are a delight. Um, ones to dip into. Oh, I don't know. Frank is good. Oh, they're all good. They're all good books. So go and you know go and have a look. John, thank you very much indeed. Oh uh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Oh, and go and buy the man from Del Monte if you like kind of jangly late eighties, early nineties pop. Go and buy the Man from Del Monte CD. It'll be on. It'll be on Amazon for you. Can probably get it for pennies. Talk radio. Dial up some dialogue. Talk radio. We'll get you talking.